Listeners be advised, the Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from Place the mask over your nose and mouth. It is officially live, I believe. I need to make sure these other accounts are actually live. Um, Let's see. Let me check on some things while I'm checking on that. Oh, okay. So we live on YouTube. Look at that. You're cute, girl. Yes, bitch. (laughs) We love to see you. Uh, All right. That's the only one that really mattered. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody who else has their own personal things that y'all are going live on, feel free to do what you need to do. I love that for you all. Um, Yeah, I just needed to make sure YouTube was working because if she she was not working like she was supposed to work, then I would have just been on some other shit. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, not Tyler Perry talking. Well, I don't know. It doesn't show. It doesn't show my Instagram is on, but that's okay. If I told everybody, I gave everybody the QR code for YouTube as well. So hopefully they go there too. You know, my Instagram is not up. Why Insta? What what are we doing? I know we're not the best of friends, girl. But oh, mm-hmm. I haven't even turned it on. That's probably why. That could be why. That's definitely mm-hmm. why. Like, didn't I set you up right before I came on here? <laughs> like, what is we doing, Instagram? It's always something, right? It's always something. Like, first she's coming for me because I keep posting whatever I want to post on her. Oh Lord, now I hear my. It's always something. I was, I was here, I was hearing myself. That was me. The echo. <laughs> yeah, I was, hearing, I was hearing the echo too. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but you know. Well, look at that. We are officially live on all the things. I don't know who all is here, but I think it's time to go ahead and get the the thing started. How do y'all feel? Are y'all ready? Always. All right. Let me get me a little sippity sip. I should finally try my mead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Please try my mead. Is it good? It's good. Okay. Okay. 
All righty, y'all. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holy Liloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaking motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. And on today's episode, we have a live recording. We're all over the place. Um, we're on what YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on other people's platforms, we're somewhere out here in the ecosphere. And we'll be releasing this episode sometime soon and with me i have wes as well as nicole and we're about to party because you already know whenever i do anything that's live i'm going to get lit and therefore i shall um just to let y'all know because uh, of, of course i'm not advertising for this hoe but i do like this hoe i am on the taylor port and I am on some tequila. It's cheap tequila. Like, you know, the budget is not budgeting like it needs to budget. So you make what do. <laughs> but I always have room for Taylor in my budget because me and her, we go way back. Okay, girl. So <laughs> don't be shaking your head like that, Nicole. <laughs> don't be judgy. Don't be judgy. No judgment. Just, yeah, go, so, get the, just go get the, the um, just go be an affiliate already. <laughs> No, but really, though, I need them to just be like, hey, okay, Vernon, you've been bringing us up on your podcast. We don't care about that sex shit, but we like what you're doing over there. Continue to do that. <laughs> Let me know, girl. Let me know. We don't know. give a shit about the sex. Just keep on plugging us. Right. Let people know about how much you like us. Mind you, Miss Taylor came out of nowhere and made a, a black, so she is chic now. And I was like, okay, Taylor, chic, how you doing? Oh, and she's a little bit more sweet. And I'm like, mm. and stronger? They play too many games. I was going to say, that's right up your alley, ain't it? And it is. And it is. Like, Taylor, y'all playing too much. Y'all are playing way too much with my life today. Okay, so for those people who are new to the podcast, new to the um, this live space, who um, um, actually joined through the Eventbrite and all those other great things, first off, thank you so much for uh, participating in this live event. Um, secondly, I know many of you do not even know who the fuck I am, so I extra appreciate you for <laughs> signing up. So let me introduce myself, and then we'll go through um, through the guests, starting with Nicole, then Wes. So first off, me. My name is um, Vernon T. Scott. You can also add the doctor in front of there, but it's implied. Just know. Uh, so okay, my name is Vernon T. Scott. I am a sets coach. Certification still pending. Uh, I am, uh, well, in two weeks, I will be a marriage and family therapist intern. So if you're in the Atlanta area and you're looking for a therapist, look me up. Um, so, um, what else? I have a history in higher education. I own the own Slater's Playhouse, which is a publishing company. Uh, I am the host of the whole Little podcast, which is what you're listening to today. Uh, on top of that, I, um, I wrote the essential guide on how to be a hoe. So if you out here in these streets and you just trying to figure out what kind of wholeness you're trying to do, what um, trying to find ownership of your sexuality, wherever the case is, you can always look up that book. There's something that I could 
bring up a little bit later once I find that little thingy, um, just so that if you want to, you can scan the QR code and follow that. On the screen, you will see a QR code, which links directly to the Holy Liquid Podcast info. And lastly, if you are into journaling, I also have the uh, Sexual Exploration Journal. Um, that's just a fun little way for you to create your creativity well connect your creativity um, with your self-reflection so definitely look into that you can find all the things uh at uh, slatersplayhouse.com as for the essential guide on how to be a hoe you can find that on amazon so or in the corner where hoes go right So, to uh, move forward with the introductions, Nicole, who the fuck are you? So, my name is Nicole Waldron, aka Nicole the Melanated Vixen. I am the founder and CEO of Melanated Vixen, also um, a licensed sex coach, of course, that's pending, I think, by the end of the month, actually. Um, but other than that, I created my um, my business, my platform to help educate people about sex, adults mainly about sex, get all the education you didn't get in school, uh, fix all the, the quote unquote educations that you got throughout your life and in these streets that are mm-hmm. mostly wrong <laughs> and hopefully help you to have a better life and sex life as well. Yes, and Wesley. You know, I feel bad because you know I I'm Wesley Toma, but I don't have an AKA like you two do. I feel <laughs> like okay. I, need to come I mean, I, I guess I guess my boys call me Daddy, so AKA Daddy. See, I was thinking Beast Daddy. Is Beast Daddy? No, no, to Beast Daddy. Can we Beast Daddy? Yes. Maybe. No, maybe. I'm okay with maybe. That. I mean, I I do bite. <laughs> we support. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I am Wesley Wesley Toma. I am a certified uh, relationship and intimacy coach. I focus mostly on the queer and the kink communities. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. I I have my own you know website wesleytoma.com. Go there if you want to work with me. Um, otherwise, I'm just here to drink, have fun. Look at this fabulous top that Vernon's wearing. And, you know, just enjoy myself with two fantastic people. <laughs> yes, thank you for the gas up. Right, right. I love it. So, whew. all right. So, for those who have seen the flyer and all of that, you already know that the conversation that we're having today is about sexual healing. So shout out to Adriana. Uh, she reached out to me on IG and she brought up this um, conversation because uh, she was like, hey, I would love for you all to have a conversation about uh, exploring sex and having sex while you're in the process of going through therapy. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a beautiful topic. And from there, here we are uh, having this live event and we're going to talk about sexual healing. Although so, I, I do want to say you missed you missed a perfect opportunity for a little bit of Marvin Gaye. Mm, I did. I did. Y'all forgive me. <laughs> it's gonna be alright though. <laughs> only, only because of that topic. <laughs> so to start off this conversation, so um 
I don't want to just stick to yes or no, but I feel like that's the only the best way to answer this question. So, um, do you recommend a person as they're starting their journey through therapy and whatnot? Do you recommend or do you think that it will be a good choice for them to have sex while they're unpacking and healing and all those other things? Or do you feel as though sex will just be something that um, mixes things up for them or uh, makes it harder for them to actually process whatever the hell is going on with them? So how do you all feel about it? Once you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I think for me, <clears throat> it, I mean, it depends on therapy. What, the, what you're going into therapy for. Um, obviously, if, you know, if you're going into therapy for, you know, something that's obviously not related to sex, then who cares? But I'm, I'm assuming that's not what this question is about. Um, but if it's, if it's sex-related therapy, and again, it depends on what you're kind of doing. If you're working through certain, certain types of trauma that you know could be triggered from these encounters, then maybe it would be a good idea to, mm. to step away. If you're dealing with other types of things, like I mean, you know, if you if you are abused, for example, and then anytime you have a sexual encounter that gets triggered, maybe you should take a step back for a little bit and talk to somebody a little bit, and then find like the right time to work back into that. But if it's for something completely unrelated to that, and where you know, yes, it's sex related, but not necessarily. Therap the reason you're in therapy, I see no problem with it, as long as you're being a, a responsible, consensual adult. Hmm. What about you, Nicole? So, I I agree. I pretty much agree with that. You know, that was that was the that was the first thing that came to mind. What are you going to therapy for in the first place? Um, is it something? Because if it's something that's related to your sex life, your sexual self then you should probably, depending on what your therapist or your coach says, you know, depending on, is it because of a traumatic experience and you're trying to get out of there and you're trying to get out there and the person that you meet, you're like, you know what, I think I'm feeling them enough or comfortable enough to where I want to engage in that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, more than anything, I would say, talk to, talk to your therapist. If you're in therapy, if you're going to counseling or coaching, talk to whoever it is that you're speaking with and let them know like, Hey, I met someone or, Hey, I'm, you know, it's getting to that point where I'm, I, I got an itch and I, I need to get that scratched real quick, but I, <laughs> but I need to, but I need to let someone know that so that they can, they can ask you whatever prompting questions they need to ask you. They can give you whatever advice that you need to. And then the next time that you come to therapy, that could be the one thing that you delve into. Like, how did your encounter go? How are you feeling right now? what did anything you know trigger you or was there something that you want to do different or whatever just so that you can have someone to that is there for you and your healing especially if it has to deal with um a sex related issue that you're going mm -hmm. in for so i think i think it's one of those things because if you're if your counselor or your therapist is saying i don't think you're ready <laughs> what makes you think you're ready um you guys can have that conversations and of course those conversations and of course make the make whatever decision that you make but at least have someone that's going to be to be there for you to unpack whatever it is good or bad after you have that encounter that experience hmm. and on, on top of that i you know <clears throat> one thing we kind of haven't mentioned but you know it should be assumed but just in case you know not only talk to your therapist but talk to your partner 
Mm. Because you know, if you're if you're meeting someone and you're having this relationship and you want to have this relationship with them, then you need to be upfront and honest. And believe me when I say I understand that that conversation will be one of the scariest conversations you ever have. I get it, but it's an important conversation. And it also can gauge a lot. If your partner, if you come out to your partner and you tell them this conversation, tell them this situation, and they're not supportive, that says boats boatloads about them. But if yeah. they are supportive and they're like, they'll do whatever they need to do to make you comfortable, relaxed, okay, it, it, even if that means like halfway through, they're about to nut and you stop because you need to stop, then that's, you know, that's a, that's something you want to really pay attention to. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, besides talking to therapists, which is obviously important, <clears throat> make sure your partner is also very well informed and that they know what's going on and they know what the situation is because, I mean, nobody... <laughs> Some some people are into criers, but nobody wants someone who's crying for bad reason when, when it's sex. They want you if you're gonna cry, it wants it because it's a good good tears. They don't want it, yeah. nobody wants to have sex with you and cause trauma. <laughs> that's because that's kind of I mean I I've, it's never luckily it's never happened to me, but that could be mortifying and scary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I agree with every single point that you all made because like. Um, in those processes, like there is a lot that can be going on that you are just not ready to begin that process of engaging in sex. And sometimes it's, you won't even be able to um, not talk, but be able to build a relationship with anybody because of all the things that you have to process. Um, maybe it's something dealing with having trust issues. Maybe it's something dealing with just um, overgeneralizing your past relationships onto every single new person that you engage with. And some, uh, in it, most definitely in those cases, you really do have to take that step back to recognize, okay, was this past partner that I was dealing with the same as every single uh, one of them or did i project the behaviors of other people onto them uh, and sit with yourself to understand exactly where you are and <clears throat> as it uh, relates to moving forward and having those conversations or building those relationships and being truthful of am i really and am i truly ready to engage in any kind of relationship be it <clears throat> just sexual be it romantic or even if it's um with your own friends like how am i um when it comes to treating people how they want to be treated and how do i want myself to be treated uh, when i engage with other people and when you do throw sex into that uh and like y'all mentioned earlier, um, what are you coming to, to therapy about? If it's something related to a sexual trauma, all right? If if that is something that is uh, impacting you in the moment, all right. So what is my body saying that my uh, mind is uh, going against? Because sometimes our minds are our will is telling us okay i'm ready for sex but your body saying bitch go ahead and sit the fuck down you cannot do not pass go i'm not ready for this i don't trust who hands these are because i remember the last time somebody had hands like this it was not what i wanted so you have to make sure you process that have those conversations with your body like sir you ready or like can we move forward in this moment uh and even uh, like i mentioned communicating with your partners sometimes like that is a very tough conversation because if you have a partner who does love having sex on a regular basis and they've already been without sex for three months and you're just like well you know you know i'm in therapy babe 
and <laughs> and with this process i'm still not at that point to engage in sex that may even bring up even scarier conversations okay well i'm still here with you but i have sexual needs that i want to be met uh, is it okay to open the relationship or um how much longer do you feel as though that you uh will need before i can engage in sex and like there's a sense of obligation that we often have to our partners uh, because of how <clears throat> how relationship dynamics are and even if it is like an extremely healthy uh, relationship where the communication is wonderful and phenomenal there's still going to be is my partner's needs being met that's another conversation and, and within that are my needs being met within uh, within this relationship and how do we find that balance to make things a little bit easier sometimes that may be like um wes saying uh if it's um, coming close to the point of ejaculation you're just like no i can't go any further sometimes you may have to finish yourself off mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. it may be hey we're going to get the engine running but this car is not going to go all right but that may be how you get back to the place where you are ready to have sex with your partner and, and indulge in all the greatness that they bring to your life rather than just you know it's a, it's a very very complex thing yes. uh, with healing, and and also you want to cut a good thing that that could do in terms of like for your partner if you're comfortable with it is gauge where the trauma is. Like for example, um, I know you know in the past my husband has had some trauma with relationships that we had to work through long ago, uh, but there was a time where he was not very comfortable with penetrative sex, but he was ha he was perfectly fine helping me climax, helping me jerk off, helping me get get to that point. That didn't bother him. Penetrative sex was a little bit too much. And it took a little while, but we you know, obviously eventually we got there. But so gauge your you know, gauge yourself, gauge your partner. If there's something you can do that you are okay with. And don't and don't push yourself. Don't do it because you think you think your partner needs it or your partner wants it. Do it because you're okay to do it. But if there is if like say like I said, if if like a blow job is too much, don't do that. If you know certain things are not too much, don't do those. But if you if you if you know for a fact you can do other things, you know, it 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 may you you could you could offer that as as I don't want to say as a consolation prize, but as a as a compromise as well to say hey you know I'm sorry I can't do this you know and I know and I thank you for being supportive. Is let me do this for you. And again, if your partner is a good person, you know, they'll they'll be happy to wait with nothing until you're happy until you're until you're ready. But if you're going to offer any little bit, like I know with me, when he was like, I can do this. I'm like, I, I'm just glad to have this time with you. Mm. you know? And a good partner will, will, will basically see the, say the same thing. Great. I agree. Same, same. Well, let's get a little bit into our own personal information, if you if you all are ready for this part. So, what was your personal healing journey like? Most definitely, when well, like just the overall healing journey. Uh, if you've gone to therapy, if you've seen a coach, or even if you just did self work over the years, what did that look like for yourself? What are some of the lessons that you learned, and also what um, what avenues did sex have within that journey for you uh, let's start off with Wes okay um, mine has been a very torrid affair with sex um, very ups and downs 
uh, without being taken too long, I was very I was raised um, in a Republican home that was very very religious. So I had a lot of sexual repression that I had to work through when I was, when I was younger. Um, it, it took me until I'm in my mid twenties to even come out as a gay man. Uh, and then even after that, I was like still, I still, I mean, I still struggled with it for many, many years because you know there's a lot of self hate and self deprecation in the queer world because of all the shit that we've heard our whole lives. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I met my husband and we were already married and we had a a, a well established relationship before I was even comfortable enough to broach the topic of kink with him. And you know he's been so supportive. You know, we, we, we've both kind of taken this kink journey where both kept, we've both become very kinky, but I wasn't comfortable talking about this with other people before. It's like, it's, again, that what we're, ta- what we're taught growing up is like, this is shameful. You know, the fact that you like to do these things, that's weird. You shouldn't do, you're just, mm-hmm. normal people don't do that. You know, so, and then, and, but in terms of like healing, I know like I've been to therapy many times, whether, you know, not necessarily sex related, but you know, I think everyone needs had some sort of therapy at least one point in their life. Um, I know when we opened our relationship, we, we did it last, I think we it was about a year ago now, we have no relationship. We, we intentionally said, we intentionally went to couples therapy, not because, you know, we thought, not because we were, there was anything wrong with us. We were actually, we're actually been in a very good place, but we didn't want to mess up. We didn't want to, one, we didn't want to do the open relationship wrong, and two, we didn't want to screw up our current relationship by doing that. So, you know, before you can say, like, before we even invite another partner in our, into our lives, we're like, well, let's go see a therapist, let's talk to somebody, make sure while we're doing this process, while we're on this journey, we have somebody we can talk to who understands, you know, and we found some therapist that, is, that you know, is very pro-poly relationships. And, you know, she understood the, the situations and the dynamics, and she was very helpful for us. So, you know, that that was our that was my overarching story through line. So, um, before we get to you, Nicole, I did want to touch base on something because I, I I love that you mentioned that you sought out therapy in order to understand more about polyamorous relationships, and it's not that there was any kind of true issues that you and your partner were going through at the time but it was just like hey we're about to go about something that is new to us that we have not experienced before and we need some help navigating this and i think more people need to look at the possibility of well i feel as though people it would benefit people to look at therapy as that avenue as well like you did mm-hmm. most definitely when it comes to moving forward to like to marry somebody and i know that couples counseling is a part of you need to have that before you get married but most people don't really have true couples therapy like they're not meeting with somebody to discuss those different dynamics discuss what uh, family looks like for both parties are uh, more than why we're you know i don't know what these families look like these days everything's new um or they don't even have the conversations about okay what about kids in uh in an earnest way or what that would look like if uh someone were to adopt versus if someone were to have their kids um um, biologically or what have you or even if uh artificial insemination might have to be something that the family needs and what that entails um but it's like 
I feel as though if more people took that same route that you and your husband did to learn more about these different relationship styles before uh, engaging in it, um, I feel as though there would be a lot more healthy relationships out here. I am very much in the in the in the camp that if you're going to therapy to fix a relationship, it's already too late. Mm. You know, you shouldn't be going to therapy to fix your relationship. You should be going to therapy to to and strengthen to reinforce your relationship. So you want to go. You're, the best time to go to therapy is when things are good, and then you because you know even if when things are good, there's still something to talk about. There's still something to work through. You don't want to wait till you're at each other's throats, ready to ready to murder each other because at that point it's almost un, unrepairable. But if you are good with some issues that you just need to resolve. That's when you want to go because you know you can be like level-headed. You can be calm, collected. You still love the person. You still want to respect them, and you're going to be able to work through those things better. So yeah, I am very much like if you're going to therapy because your marriage or relationship is on, is in the rocks, it's too late. You're done. Mm, that's real. That is very mm-hmm. real. Um, so Nicole, what's your journey like? My overarching story. Um, my question, I'm going to try not to take too long. Um, so, so mine was, you know, growing up in a religious household, but not too religious it was more so like where my family's from and just the, the mindset of the people there. Um, and like the sexual repression that you didn't even know that you had type thing until mm-hmm. you, you start meeting people who are different, who are not as, who are a little bit more free, might not be completely free, right? And and I will say along my journey, I met more and more freer and free for, freer and liberated people, which has definitely helped me as well. But, you know, not even knowing that you had any kind of sexual repression and, you know, going through these different relationships with people, whether they were like romantic or sexual relationships with people and coming away from it and being like, dang, like, is it me <laughs> or is it, is it everyone is it everyone else or what's going on and you know it took me a while to it took me a while to like have those honest conversations with myself um and realize that everybody else's journey is not my journey just because people say that things should look like x y and z if it doesn't feel right to me then it's not good right so um so taking my time like i have one relationship that was like the real part of a turning point for me that made me be like, all right, I need to hold off on bringing somebody else into mix. Let me really figure out who I am, what I want, what I need, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of just, instead of just listening to what everybody else is saying that I should need as a woman, Mm -hmm. as a black woman, blah, blah, blah. So getting away from that and really trying to figure out what it is that I need from another partner period. Right. And then after I figured that out, Again, like I said, meeting different kinds of people, not necessarily having romantic or sexual relationships, just, you know, friendships and conversations, realizing that there's so much more about myself that I need to learn and be okay with and be okay with what I find, you know, because it's me and it really isn't anybody else's business. So within that time, you know, I I learned, like I said, from so many other people um, about different things, put myself in those situations. Um, when I started going to a therapist, it was actually for something completely different, not even sex related, but that was something that she brought up. Like, let's talk about your relationships. Are you in one? When was your last one? Da, 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 da. So 
talking about those things, even though I wasn't, even though it took me a while to really open up about that part, because I'm like, oh, I'm not here for something else. <laughs> Maybe we should just focus on that. And she was like, no, all of this is part of you, but don't worry, we'll put a pin in it and we're going to come back. And I just, you know, dreaded the day. It was like, it was like when you get in trouble and you know that your parents are going to, you know, scold you or whatever, but they don't do it as soon as you get home or as soon as they get home and you just, you know, you wait almost 24 hours and you think you scot free and then she brings it up type thing. So there was a lot of that. <laughs> um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant at first, but at the same time, I was like, I really need, you know, in the, in the, I can't even think of the word, but just to take myself seriously and my own growth and own healing seriously, I really had to be like, let's really sit down and have these conversations with self for sure. Even asking um, partners that I actually still talk to, wrote, you know, that I was in relationships with, asking them different questions about me, um, about our relationship, about what they thought that that I did and having to be ready to hear those answers. And of course, most people are just like, oh, no, it was okay, except for that one thing. And I'm like, I'm asking you for a reason. I need I need this for my healing. So trying to do that as much as possible, but just being more self-aware and then exploring and then now figuring out who I am most for the most part sexually, but then just like you, Wes, exploring these kink spaces. Like I knew about BDSM things for years. I just never experienced it myself. But seeing that there are certain things in the kink realm that I'm just like, I kind of, I actually like that, you know, and trying to incorporate little things when my partner is willing to do those. So I can see if I really like that, you know? So right now I'm kind of in that space of still exploring the kink side of myself. Um, and Vernon knows about part of that just because I saw him last week, but, you know, exploring yes. some of that king side of myself and, and seeing what it is that I truly like and don't like. Do I belong in this world completely or, you know, is it just a few little things? So, I mean, we always learn new things about ourselves every day. And of course, Vernon will tell you, too, with us being going through the, the you know, sexology coursing, you know, programs, the things that you're exposed to and that they make you watch and look at and at first, you know, two years ago, five years ago, whatever, you'd been like, ah, oh, it's not really my shit. But but then you look at it now and you're just like, okay, I could actually, I understand. Not only do I understand, but I might have to watch that a little bit more often. So, you know, tuck that away in the mental Rolodex or something. So, you know, mine, mine was just like self-discovery for the most part, and then just therapy, taking it up another level once I accepted myself. The one thing I love uh, for me that was so good in with the, with finding kink, uh, and again, you know, I I would never say kink is for everybody because it's it's not. It, you, know, you have to really want it because it can be scary sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember when I first started, I had one kink. This was the thing I wanted. This is all I wanted. And now, ten years later, you know, I have a I I, I it's a shorter list of what I'm not into than than what I am into basically. Um, but what the one thing that that really helped me. Um, was finding people that I could be just like. So I have a group of friends. We play. We play board games. We get together and play board games once a month. But you know, and they're really good friends. You know, they're people I, I love hanging out with. I, sp I spend time with. But at the same time, when we're sitting around the board game table, sometimes we're naked. Sometimes we're getting blowjobs. Sometimes oh, we're yeah, having yes. sex. Sometimes we're just you know fooling around with each other's body and being kinky around the table. You know, like. Well, I was just, I was just talking about like I, I gave a friend of mine a foot job at the last game 
while his husband was just right there watching, you know, and we were just playing board games, you know, and it's, and it's not like, it's not to say like what that way that that's wild and crazy, but it, the point is like, it's really releasing, it's relax, it's, it's so invigorating and, and just freeing to think, yeah, these people, one, they don't want me just for sex, they actually enjoy me, but they actually do, do also want to fool around with me. And that's kind of a cool thing to me. You know, especially like not to. I'm going to age myself. You know, being in my mid 40s, some of these guys who were like are going with me are like mid to mid 20s, and I'm like, oh, wow, I feel, that feels great. You know, I'm like, Ugh. so, you know, and so yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that at least what for me in the kink world that kind of really kind of helped me was seeing that there, you know, it, it's not like I thought it was growing up in the church where you never talk about sex and you only have sex with the lights out in missionary. It can be mm. a thing that, you know, it can be a thing that you talk about or you don't talk about it, but it doesn't matter because we're not uncomfortable either way. Mm -hmm. so, so am I the only person that's like, when's the next game night, bitch? <laughs> I want to know the rules to this because how do we incorporate this? Like, are y'all just playing Monopoly and then if you roll doubles, you get a foot job? Like, I don't, I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. It's, no, we're just sitting <laughs> on the table and I know my, this particular, for him, this particular friend has a foot fetish. And we, it's, a, it's a kink we both kind of share. And I know he he enjoys that. So we're just sitting around and for whatever, one reason or another, because it just happens, he was in nothing but a jock. So, and he was sitting right next to me, so I just put my foot up and started playing with him, and, and I told him, take your underwear off, and he did, and you know, he came on my feet, basically. Oh, okay. We love to see it. I just we didn't know if there was rules to this, you know, because I'm no. thinking, you know, are we playing Uno, and then all of a sudden, you know, draw four plus this, like, what? No, it's not like it's not like strip monopoly or anything. Got it. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, it's our, it's our side game. While we're playing the main, as long as it doesn't interrupt the main game, because it, it wasn't. We were playing. They were playing a game, and like it was his turn, and he stopped for a second, did his turn, came back, and did more. Mm. Okay. I love it. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to like. Mm. You're giving me inspiration, and I love it. Yes. <laughs> I'm the boss of mine. Couple night party nights and things like that. Yes. Okay. Game night after like, dark. Let mm -hmm. me let me find out. Uh, let's see my <laughs> my journey. So I would say overall, I was always like a self-reflective motherfucker. So I've always sat with myself to understand things, to reflect on different things, which uh, honestly helped me with rationalizing a lot. But I will say there's like a, rationalizing is a gift and a curse uh, because um, it is great when you're able to find the good and all the great things or even the bad things. But um, sometimes you can easily rationalize your feelings away and not feel them. And uh, that is one of the things that I'm actually exploring right now in therapy is reconnecting with my emotions, reconnecting with feeling things authentically and embracing embracing it rather than being quick to be like, oh, it is what it is, blah, 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 uh, or finding all the justifications of why a certain person did a certain thing and all these other things rather than just feeling in the moment that I'm angry or I'm upset or even just that I'm happy about the experience that I just had. Um, 
Now, in overall, in therapy, and I know I, uh, well, like sexually, I've spoken on it uh, in the past about like when I first started having sex, how my body count went from zero to like 10 or eight, whatever the number was. And with that, it helped me realize that, okay, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you so hyper fixated on sex? Why are you not um, being as smart as you can be? Or why is it that you're um, prioritizing sex and not prioritizing the things that you're supposed to do? Uh, again, this is me having those great conversations with myself, but that brought me to a point where I had to take a break, which is going to be something that um, we'll be talking about next. But I had to take a break from sex. I had to take a break from uh, hookup apps, um, trying to meet up with people and doing things or all the things. And that brought me to a place of understanding that maybe my actions were this way because I, I was acting out of a place of hurt or acting out of a place of wanting validation for from other people and the only way i could receive that is through sex because on some level we are taught that sex is a thing to show that you are beautiful sex is a thing to show that you are amazing sex is something that um shows you that you have a, a true skill i think about the I love that line in hotels where uh, I forgot, I think it's Amanda's tale um, where old girl was like, sex is her superpower. Uh, and I, I resonated with that because honestly, it is my superpower. But at the end of the day, you have to reserve who you, who you save. Uh, most definitely, if, if sex is the thing, you cannot be out here willing to save any and every person and give that gift to somebody. Um, and they have, they're not showing themselves worthy of you actually stepping in to save them, I guess will be the best way to put it since we're using superhero terms, but you have to reflect on, is this meant for me? Is this somebody that I want to engage in? Is this something that will bring wholeness um, to me? And that's also something that I'm working on right now uh, is uh, respecting my own boundaries a lot more uh, because there has been times going off of the rationalization thing where I will rationalize being uh, having a flexible boundary with people rather than a rigid or sturdy boundary with them um, and because of the flexibility, I will end up sending myself into situations that were not beneficial for me or engaging with people who did not really love me the way I wanted them to love me or respect me the way I wanted to be respected. So now where I'm at now in trying my best to honor that, I'm able to isolate or uh, remove those people who are just there to waste my time those people who are not as serious those people who are just there just to sexualize me or just um they love the thought of having me and not the appreciation of me in my body so that has helped tremendously now in terms of kinks i will say that i have been working on some things there as well like um recently somebody shared an app with me it's kind of a it's a weird app it's an anonymous hookup app but with that um there's like cruising things like that so i actually participated 
like cruising and i was like okay this is interesting i don't know how this stuff works i don't get the thrill of it because i will see that online and all those other things but i will say in the process of downloading that app and going to more sex positive and open spaces it helped me realize that you know i might though i am very out there and open and sexually liberated in a sense that there is still another level to that like there's still other things that i may be open to and comfortable with and uh, wanting to explore but i need to open myself to those opportunities like i was speaking with somebody earlier today about how i have yet to go to a dungeon and that's something that i'm looking to change so <laughs> it's like those kind of things are even um going to like a sex party or well, a play party um still looking for one um but at the end of the day it's just like what is the things that's best for me what things are serving me uh, and also figuring out spaces that also makes me feel comfortable because um i recognize that well we, you know, we live in the society that we live in. So not all people are welcome in all spaces. Uh, most definitely with this um, body oriented, like you know that um, big bodies are not often welcome in all uh, sex spaces as well. So it's like, what is a space that I can curate for myself? And what is something that's already available for, for me to enjoy and learn and grow and appreciate? So it's been a, a at where I'm at now, it's been a amazing way of seeing the boundaries that I have for myself at first and what limits I set for my own experiences and exploration. And now I'm in the process of exceeding that. And I'm just, you know, enjoying that ride. Man, you felt being happy with yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I was actually. I, I just recently started seeing this guy. It was kind of new to certain certain kinks, and you know, we we started talking. And it's not a kink I have a, I have a lot of. I have some experience with it, but it's not a kink I have a lot of experience with. But you know, when when he's like, "Well, this is what I'm into," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's hot," and I'm and I and I, I'm playing with it. I'm going with it. I'm like, "This is you like this." I want to do this. I want to I want to be there with you for this the whole way. And he's like, "I'm not used to people." being except for other people who are into the kink he's like i'm not used to people being okay with it i'm like well that's kind of the point is to you know like you want to you want to embrace each other you want to be comfortable with each other and you know yes i understand that not all kinks or not everyone has to have the same kinks and not everyone has to like the same kinks it's kind of mm -hmm. part of, partly why i opened our we opened our relationship because we have some different kinks that we want to explore with other people but it's it's not about necessarily just doing that it's about making it's about making those connections and making people happy and feel comfortable you know like at least for me and and i i, I tell people like this is how you know i consider myself more of a, a dom in, in the whole king community um the way i i tell people how that i dom is i i'm there to fulfill to facilitate the subs fantasy you know like in my world yes the dom is is the one that's doing the whipping doing the the, the, the spanking doing the stuff they're the one in control of the scene but the sub is the one who's in control of the relationship, mm. and it's my job to make sure. As and, and I, I don't. I did not do a good job unless my sub or my boy walked away satisfied with with what happened, 
you know, and, and I will be the first one to ask feedback so I can change better. And that's that's what it should be, you know. And that's and, and that's how that's how all kink should be. So like, you're know, talking about you know just kind of trying new and seeing what you're into or whether or not you want to do this full time or you know be fully through kink or just like what your what your experiences are. These are the things that these are the experiences you should have. And these unfortunately these are not the experiences that you're gonna have, you know, because there's there's a lot of people out there who who don't have the same mindset who do, who, who in my opinion practice kink poorly i don't want to say wrong because i don't think you can really practice kink wrong but they practice it poorly um and then they get and they can potentially sour but if you can find people that have the right attitude have your attitude and you need to walk in with your attitude even even if you are on the subby side like i've had subs be like look at this is what i like this is what i don't like and i will tell you if you cross a line and i'm like you know fucking great I want you to tell me. I want your opinion. I want to hear what you what you think, what you feel, what what you what you want, because it's yes, the scene may be about me doing this, but it's not about it's not about me. It's about mm. you. But more importantly, it's it's really about us. Right. See, you, you you said a word there because I know, like for myself, when it comes to engaging with people, even when it's like just a casual hookup, and people start to describe who they are, um, what they like, and all these other things, and the first thing that they say is, "Oh, I'm dominant," and I'm like, "Okay, what does dominant mean to you?" And for them, it's more of being aggressive and all these other things, and I'm like, "That's not something that I can rock with because for myself, not that I cannot handle aggression." I just don't know what aggression means to you or I don't know exactly what how you portray that aggression are you going to be like even today someone said that I'm a dominant personality well I'm just a dominant and I was like well I can't rock with you and he asked why and I was like because most of the time most definitely in the area that I am right now that whenever someone says that they're dominant they're not willing to listen to the other person they think mm -hmm. that they have to be control in control of everything and I'm like if I cannot have a voice in the situation uh, within the hookup within our sexual encounter we're not going to hook up because mm -hmm. i want to ensure that my safety is always um um at the forefront i want to be sure that if I were to be submissive to you, that you will respect my yeses, my noes, my um, my hesitations, or I need to be sure that whenever we do engage in whatever sexual experience that we have, that you're going to respect all of what I offer and what I bring. If that's not going to be the case, then I don't want to be with you. I don't want to hook up with you. I don't want to do any of those things with you because I will not feel safe in that. Uh, I need to know that there's going to be res mutual respect within our sexual encounter. And most definitely because I am a switch, I understand on both sides of that where if i am to be in a dominant role i'm not the person that's truly in control like you said was it is up to that sub to um maintain the relationship and create and let me know what their safety concerns are and what they're not comfortable with, with doing and if i were to go beyond that boundary i know that i am the uh, person who fucked up the relationship fucked up the scene fucked up everything that we could have had within that encounter and uh, as a sub i also understand that i have the power in this and if you're not going to respect the power that i have in that yes you're facilitating the pleasure but if you're not respecting the power that i have as a sub in this why are we here and, you know, honestly 
you, you brought, I'm sorry, Nicole. I, I, no, go ahead. Um, but two, two points to what you, what you said. One is um, it's a better scene when the sub trusts you. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if that, if you can't have that trust, and it's a better scene when the dom trusts you as well. But when you, when there's that mutual trust and mutual respect, like if I go into a scene with somebody, I want them to know a hundred percent that if they say stop, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to cross a line that I'm not allowed to cross. I'm not going to do something that they said specifically they do not like. I will push your push your limits because that's what a dom does. But I'm never gonna. I will ultimately never push you beyond what you what you're okay with. And I, they need to know that. And when they know that, they trust me. And when they trust me, they can release better and release more. And it becomes for everybody is such a much better experience, a much better encounter. You know, because the whole point of Dom submission is like have the submissive wants to submit. They want to release. They want to let go. And if they're worried that you're not going to stop when they say to stop, they can't let go. You know, and kind of to a point you said earlier, like whenever I have someone I meet new meet and I ask, well, what are you into? They say, oh, I'm, I, I, I like Dom sub stuff. I'm like, well, one, that's a stupid thing because that's what all cake is Dom sub stuff. <laughs> but I, I always say to them, I'm like, what does that look? What does that look like to you? Mm-hmm. Because it looks so different to people, like you said, you're not into aggression. There are some people who are, and that's good for them. And there's a dom out there for them, but there's people mm-hmm. like I, I don't want those people. Like I've talked to guys like, what does submission look like? Oh, I want you to beat me. Into, this is a, probably not a match, not my style, you know. And that's okay. But uh, whenever anyone says I'm into this, I'm into like dom sub, I'm into BDSM, I'm into this. What is it? Tell me what it looks like to you. What kind of dom are you looking for? This is the kind of sub I'm looking for. What kind of dom are you looking for? And to see if we mesh, because if again, if we don't, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Like if if I if I'm a soft daddy and they want me to be very aggressive, it's they're not really gonna have as much fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And same if I'm if I'm a if I'm a hardcore spanker, say fuck you, I don't care about your opinion, and you want someone to cuddle you, you're definitely not gonna have fun. Yeah, yeah, and that's part of what I was gonna say. You know, honestly, this is kind of a red flag for me if someone says that. Oh. I'm a dominant, I'm an alpha, I'm a this, I'm a that, because what they, if you're going to use that straight out the gate, I feel like you actually don't know what the fuck you're talking about, right? So, um, so if you're going to tell me like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a dominant or I'm naturally this, typically, like you were saying, they're, they're, I feel like the first place that they're going to go to is the more like brash, aggressive, aggressive, like, I'm not really going to listen to you or what you say doesn't matter, or you know, not understanding the true dom-sub relationship, what that's supposed to look like, understanding that while they are in control of the scene, like, scene, like you said, Wes, versus the submissive person is actually the one who is in control of the relationship. Like shit don't, shit don't go around <laughs> unless the sub says yes or no on that. You, but, but at the same time, you both have to mutually agree to what those terms are, what everything looks like. So that's that's one thing that, I mean, not to shit on Fifty Shades of Grey, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> please please not, shit all over Shit all over it. it. <laughs> all over it. Like it's bird so, caca, shit all over that. Like bird caca. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so, it's such, a, it's such a terrible movie or a terrible story when you're trying to enter, when you're trying to introduce or even show that this is what these two people are into. Because in that, like in that, yes, Christian Gray is dumb and he does all this stuff and the choking, the blindfolding, da da da, which is great, but you it it doesn't show 
what this is about. You know, obviously there was a whole dynamic of that character, past traumas himself, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't truly show you what that truly is supposed to look like and what that's supposed to be about. You know, poor, what's her name? I'm going to say Anastasia, right? Whatever the girl's name is. Poor her, young, impressionable, don't know what the fuck none of this is, but is attracted to this powerful man and, you know, pretty much gets duped into and forced into this down-sub relationship and she doesn't truly understand. Yes, she spoke up for herself here and there, whatever, but she didn't truly understand what any of this means other than him being like, I'm supposed to take care of you, da 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 And she was like, I mean, okay, I mean, I kind of like it, but do you really like that shit though? Like, do you even understand what that's supposed to be? Was there a contract? Was there any kind of like, what's your safe word or whatever the case, like that's not, it gives such a terrible, um, a terrible view of what that is supposed to look like. And, uh, and even understanding that BDSM as a whole is not linear, like it's, it's huge. It's there's so much that goes that that's involved with that. And like you said, you could be a soft daddy, you could be a hard daddy. This person could be a bratty little. This person can be just I just want to be a little that colors and and does, you know, meaningless shit all day because like you said, they have to be trusting enough. They have to trust you enough so that they can get into the space and get rid of control. Most people don't know that people who are submissives are in their everyday life are the people who are always in control of something they're always a boss they need like they need this as the outlet so that they can be not the person in charge all of the time you know preach. but also on the other side of thing huh I said preach. preach oh but on the other side of things if you are if you are someone who is a dominant typically you're someone who is like i'm not in control all day i'm always having to listen to someone else i have this built up whatever, and I need to be able to release that also, but also still be able to have that sub side so that you can properly care for your sub, you know? So that most dominants should know how to be a sub also, be sub, be soft and caring and all of this because you need that side so that you can take care of who your sub is. So most people don't know that. So 50 Shades of Grey showed you like, hey, here's my sex room with all kinds of toys and god you know god knows what and people can if this is their first introduction they can get so intimidated by that and they're like oh i am not doing none of that shit i'm not doing it. <laughs> but not even understanding that so many people take part in different parts of kink and bdsm already you know breath play impact play you like to get smacked on the ass you like to get smacked on the face yeah. guess what you're doing right now you like to have the feathers all over you sensation play you like to have to be choked and stuff like that asphyxiation play or breath play all of these things are part of that you just don't even know that these are the different things it does not need to be handcuffs change ropes and all of this stuff unless you like that shit but it doesn't need to be all of these things that you see portrayed in media that is completely wrong and no real education behind it it's not it's not that and that's why we're here all that to say that's why we're here to help you learn this stuff i i, I always say about when it comes to the 50 shades of disgusting is um I'm 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 glad it's a thing because it kind of helped show shine a light on kink, you know. It kind of brought it, it, made it slightly more mainstream. 
However, I hate it because it shined the wrong light on kink. You know, it it showed you how you, it, sh it showed people how kink should not be done. But the problem is the people that I was showing that to didn't understand that's not how kink is supposed. It's not supposed to be done. They thought that's what it was supposed to be. They heard that it was supposed to be this guy who takes over your life, who who controls you, who forces you, and that's not. Good kink is not that. Yes, there. I mean, I have friends who are like 100% total power exchange submissives. You know that they serve their their partner hand over foot. You know, but that's what they want to do, and they enjoy it, and they've agreed to it, and they signed a. They basically signed a contract with each other of what that was. It's not a force. Are important guys. Yeah, contracts are very important. It's and it, but it's not a force thing. It's not something that you're just you're trying to push on somebody. It's something that they want to do as well. How to be a hoe. <laughs> right. Let's go ahead and segue into that. The Sexual Journal, A New Sexual You is amazing. It's also an adult coloring book. Go it's ahead and you know, color wash Right. Color wash you right out your thoughts, y'all. Like so it's, it's great stuff. I actually have that one, so I actually enjoyed that. So. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I had to put it up there because I was like, um, I, I need to remember to actually advertise for this because I'm going to do the YouTube video. So I'm like, at least that could pop up. I hope it does be in the <laughs> recording. So people be like, okay, let me scan that now. Um, right. But now <sighs> mm, I spoke words. Y'all spoke words. And side note, I might as well go ahead and mention that the tequila as well as the port hit like five minutes ago and i just been feeling it and <laughs> just riding that way <laughs> he's like i'm I so glad i didn't hear what you're saying <laughs> i'm here for everything but no like the 50 shades of i like that you said 50 shades of disgusting, because, disgusting. Like, like, <laughs> i don't know what else to say after like that's a perfect name but yeah it really does give off the wrong image of what kink life is because mm -hmm. there's so much consent that is related to participating kink and when you watch that film you're just like oh well i guess he just rules her is that is that what we signed up for i, I just met this motherfucker and i'm supposed to give all my life to this like what are we doing like that is not that is not and i will for like I will forever tell people most definitely whenever they're going into that journey and learning more about kink and I let them know that kink is like the ultimate form of consent. You have to have these conversations with the person that you're engaging with that you have to talk to them about your safety, your hard nose, your soft yes, uh, set, your soft nose, your full on green flags, your yeses and go from there. It's a whole conversation about what you're engaging in with this person, getting to know them and getting to know what they want to experience within their sexual environment. And I think like I, I love that there's a lot more people who are expressing themselves a little bit more openly that they're willing to engage in the things that they find kinky but I also think that something that's missing within that conversation is that not everybody's going to be in right the conversation <laughs> that not everybody's going to be on that same wave that you are on like even this weekend there was somebody who wanted to um, hook up with me and I was like I'm not into public play 
mm, the, the public play that they were looking into i was like i'm not into that but like i'm not trying to engage in that in any way but hey if you uh, are interested in like something a little bit more intimate or something a little bit more private, that's always an option. Most definitely since I'm here, I have a room, we can meet up, blah, blah, blah. But they're like, they just kept trying to push the public play aspect of that. And I'm just like, you know that this is not gonna change. Now I get some people outside of me may succumb to the peer pressure of it all. Most definitely if they're horny. And uh, for those people who have, not heard it on the podcast yet and also for those who are waiting for that episode to release for november horniness is a motherfucking drug okay it is a drug i snort that stuff sometime and it's, it always gets me a little bit crazy i don't i do not recommend do not pass go do not go around Girl, you know you gotta snort horniness. Horniness. You know you gotta snort that shit. You do not shoot horniness. It's not snort it. That's it's a straight up. It's straight up the nose. You do not. You do not. You don't smoke horniness. You do not take that as a pill, bitch. You snort that shit. You know what? You know, as soon as you said that, as soon as you made the snorting thing motion. The first thing I thought of was Scarface when he had the pile of cocaine, not oh, even no. the lines, bro. Like just the pile of it and just snorting the whole thing. That's what I saw you do just now. That's exactly I've been what that horny guy. Listen, <laughs> big pile of horny in front of me that I just had to shove my face into. Yeah, I've been there. Okay, like oh, that's that's the it, it's the drug. That is it, the it only is. it's the only drug I could think of. Like, well, the only method of ingesting that seems appropriate. Cause I don't see myself shooting up horniness like that takes you time. You, you need, need it, it now. now. You need that shit immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, you can also never mind. We're not talking about how you can distribute um, drugs within your body so that you can get high quicker. We're not talking no, about that on this no, podcast. This is wrong one. <laughs> but also, honestly, you know, even though I know you said like horniness is, is a drug in a very kind of a lighthearted way, it's true because and this is something that I try to tell people like you don't want to, if you have a negotiation for a scene, never renegotiate in the middle of the scene because that horniness affects your brain in a way that it may make it may cause you to want to do things you're not ready for, you're not able to do, and your body can't handle. So you know you, you say it is very much a drug because it does alter the way you think and the way your body works very strongly. It does. It really does. Like I think about all the crazy shit that I've done just because I was horny. Mm-hmm. Am I saved from that? Mm-hmm. I am not. The Lord is still doing work on me. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the process. I'm in therapy for it. Like I'm just trying to do whatever I can. I'm managing out here in these streets. But <laughs> It's one hell of a drug. I will say that. <laughs> and it's a drug I will have to go back for over and over again. And will and snort the fuck out of that. Oh, oh god. I need to make a meme out of this. That's that's <laughs> listen. Are we doing a line tonight? That's all I need to know. Are we doing a line? And I'm not talking about cocaine, y'all. Granted, I will do it once, but that's different. Are we doing a line of horniness? Are we doing a line of horniness? I just need to know. Uh, the, only way to, the only way to do a line of horniness is off someone's ass, though. Mm. Yeah. It's right at, it's perfect. It hmm? is the weekend. And for anybody who knows, the weekend is when the titties be free-free. So... Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, horniness should only be done with snorted off of a person, other person's body. Oh. That's fair. 
I like that. I like that. Now, I will be honest, even though it is free titties, I think I might snort it off the ass cheeks, too. It's no. gotta be, it's gotta be nice ones, though. Mm. Mm. Okay, will anybody snort horniness off a dick? Let's I'll do a lot of things off a dick. I'm <laughs> fucking done. <laughs> oh, I love Wes's commentary because he's so calm and so subtle with things. He's like, right. uh, "Hello, me." What? I did not expect that from your face, but yeah. Listen, funny. listen. <laughs> well, since I did mention Hovember, by the way, every every person on this episode right now, we did like two episodes during Hovember. <laughs> so, y'all check that and out. It's probably going to be two of your best episodes, not to uh, mm-hmm. our own horn here, but those are going to be well, the best. Well, your horn. Poop, yeah. poop, poop, poop. Yeah. Not, not to say I have a little humble pie, but we were fucking fantastic. We were, we were those two ever because I told somebody about it and and they're like, oh, when is that coming out? I said, oh, it's not until November. Hello, November. But I'll let you know. I'll send y'all the link. It's real good. But yeah, those two episodes probably were my most fun. It was such a good time, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Here we are on a live. Talking <laughs> <laughs> horny off of asses. Right. <laughs> I will. I'm still debating on when I'm going to release this because I'm like, I feel like I want to do it before November, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm, that gray area when I'm on break, should I do a little bit something extra? But I know for a fact my ass is not going to do anything extra after um, November. I'm not. <laughs> no. I don't I see it in my futuro. I do not. Oh, I'm trying to get better. I think think my answer to that is probably like one of our topics on that on here, which is be kind to yourself. Oh, (laughs) yes. Be kind to yourself. Don't do too much. Do do what you can. The rest will come. Wait, random question that has absolutely nothing to do with um, the what we're recording right now. Let me just put this little essential guide on how to be a whole thing back up here. I hate that it's covering your face, Nicole. I really do. I don't like that. Oh, oh you're looking so gorgeous. You can work as Look at you her. better. Like, oh my God. Thank you. Please, more. Chile. Yes. I know how to frame. I know. I got this. I'll just be over here. Get the sexy no, you're, good, you're good. All right, there we go. Now it's off. Now I will say, um, can y'all see the private chat? Oh, that's right. Yeah, chat. you know, oh, I put chat, yeah. myself on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can't. Okay, I just just want to make sure that y'all saw that I posted that up in there, and you know, the rundown and everything. But anyways, outside of that, because Nicole mentioned it earlier, yeah, I saw her. I met her in person last week. It was so was amazing, good. y'all. I, I like We're on a tangent right now, so if, if you're new to the Holiloquy podcast, we do tangents, and tangents be real. Um, like, we were off topic like 30 minutes ago, and we're still off topic. We'll get back to other things in a second. We got like a good two hours here. I don't think we're going to make it to nine. I'll be honest. Like the tequila already hit. But so I'm not going to be wild. I'm not going to be as crazy as I was on our live. Nicole, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I, see the, I saw the face. I saw it all. Um, I, was, I wasn't but, thinking about the live. I was thinking of our... Of our night. That's what I was thinking about when, when we saw each other. Because that was really that was really so much fun though. 
<laughs> it was so much fucking fun. Minus, you know, that first place we went. Well, no, the second place, because the first place was when we got food. That second place, it was. Uh, it was all right. It, was all right. It, was all right. it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't giving what all the reviews were saying that it should be. And maybe it's just because we're black and we were looking for a specific vibe. And even though we knew it was going to be everybody, it really wasn't everybody. And so the yeah. vibe was just kind of like it reminded me of like 80s, 90s gay bars, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But you have to be. In the I was looking for it. for it to be. Huh? I say you have to be in the mood for what we experience. Yeah, you have to be in the mood for that. I was looking for better music, a little bit more excitement, et cetera, et cetera. It really wasn't. So we went to the patio where the weather was beautiful. And, you know, we saw what we could see. And then we're just like, so we're leaving? <laughs> right. We're out? Hey. Girl, I still cannot get over that line of motherfuckers that we saw. When I tell you, oh. I, I snorted some, I snorted some horniness in that moment because I was not fucking. I told my neo, I was like, "Look, I don't double take on any motherfucker that I see out and about. I really don't because I don't be caring like that. But if I turn all of my motherfucking neck." To look at you walk past. Oh my fucking goodness. Oh, mm. I could not. Was that at the last place you talking about? Yes, you know. You saw yes. you know. The what, okay. So so whilst we're West, <laughs> so whilst we're in this place, I'm like, I see a few people and I'm just like, I wonder what your type is. So I'm like, Brandon, what what is your type? And he the wrong thing to tell me. I don't really have a type. Oh, you don't? Bet. What about this one? <laughs> what about and I kept pointing out so many people, I'm just like, ah, oh, damn it. I would definitely hop on that one, that one too. Damn it, we're in the wrong spot for this. But yeah, it was it was a, a fun night of people watching at the very least. Did you send that picture to your friend? I did. And he slid it. Well, so this let's let's talk about it. Okay, so um <laughs> I feel like I need popcorn. <laughs> right. All right. Let's, let me give, let me give some backstory <laughs> for everybody here who's going to be listening to this once it's released. So, I have a friend. Uh, he and I, we are kind of like doing the little dating, casual dating thing. And he has certain people that he's interested in. And I'm like, okay, cool. And one of those people I kept seeing every time I went to a bar. And I didn't know exactly which bar it was. I, select the wrong bar he was like bitch who goes there and i was like oh okay it was it obviously is the place where we are now this is where you frequent i'm glad that we have this understanding now but mm -hmm. so i was like i asked dude well not the dude i'm talking to um what's his name let's give him his so dude i'm talking to we're going to call him fred and the person that he likes let's call them stan so stan was out here at the bar right and i see stan i'm like i know you so i'm like stan we need to take a picture because i have this um a friend who really does like you like he uh finds you extremely attractive and he will not believe that i saw you if i told you because last time i told him uh, told Fred that I saw him at a bar. He was like, no way you did. No, not at all. I was like, bitch, but I did. So <laughs> I need to get the proof. 
So look, Fred just texted me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knew what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, oh, he is watching right now. I am so That's done. Funny. Yes, I am talking about you, Fred. Yes. Hi, Fred. <laughs> hey, Fred. <laughs> he said he's Hi, Fred. <laughs> so um, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm going to make sure um, when I saw Stan, I was like, bitch, I need to take this picture. What's going on? Like, I, so I took the picture. I sent it to Fred and um, I was like, make sure you DM this motherfucker. Why is it Stan was not even following Fred? I'm like, bitch, how are you going to pull up this motherfucker's I, uh, not IG, his, uh, his Twitter page? Like, off the rip. Like it wasn't even three fucking seconds. He already has his motherfucker's page up, and you're not following my friend, bitch. Why are you not following? You need to follow today. So, right. yeah, Stan, he ain't, he ain't, he need to do better. Stan, do better. But so that was cute though. I see why you like him, Fred. Right, right, Fred. Good choice, good choice. So we we'll see. I hope things. Someone needs to moderate the YouTube chat. I am not looking at the YouTube chat. Yeah, what I can't the even fuck is it. going on over there? Um, let me because it'd be funny if Stan's in there right now. I crack up, bro. If Stan is in the YouTube chat, I will be wowing. Uh, hey, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! All right, so y'all carry on while I look over here at the YouTube chat to see whatever the fuck is going on over here. Uh, oh, I just remember I'm—I brought this off topic. So to get back on topic, um, let's see, taking a break from sex. Now, um, just to. Because I get my own personal story. I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, and then I'll let y'all jump into that. I know, like, as I mentioned earlier on, when I recognized, like, my body count went extremely up, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to, like, do some reflection. And I took a two-and-a-half-year um, break from engaging in sex with anybody. I chose that because I knew that for me, I wanted to be able to host people, be able to provide a space for myself that I felt safe in, that I felt secure in, as well as be able to know exactly why I'm engaging with other people uh, and what I was looking to get out of sex, be it for... Uh, <laughs> I need to stop looking at my phone because uh, Fred is wild. Um, but why am I like, um, what am I looking for? What do I want from a person? Am I, re am I ready to be in a relationship with anybody? Am I just looking for sex? Am I looking for uh, a, a connection with somebody, but nothing that's extremely intimate? So that two and a half years break, allowed me an uh, opportunity to reflect on those things. And I do not regret um, doing that because it helped me see that first and foremost, where I was at the time, I was not ready for any kind of serious relationship. It's don't hit me up saying, oh, I want to be your boyfriend because I'm going to let you know I'm not, I'm not going to be that. I don't have the funds to go out on a date. I don't have the the funds to even travel to you or even to see you whenever you want to see me or 
I don't have the living arrangements where that where we can be intimate together. And if you don't have that, then that means neither one of us can be able to do that. Because I knew at the time, uh, at that age that I was, that I did not want to be out doing public play because first and foremost, from that body count going all the way up to eight, I almost went to jail. And that's a story for another day. We're not talking about that tonight. And I think I said something about it on the podcast. Y'all could go listen to that episode. And we're, we're not going back into that, okay? You're but almost going to jail, Vernon. Girl. The only reason I got out of the jail is because I, I, had, I like women. Let's put it that way. I actually have a like for women rather than I will treat women like dogs. That's the only reason I did not go to jail that night. Thank you, Officer Blackman. I don't know who his name is, but I know he was a black man. And shout out to him and his daughter. And I think he was trying to have me date his daughter. If she's still available, I am single for the most part. Uh, <laughs> I'm done with you today. Already. That was the tequila. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, who was that today? Taylor, that's your girl. Girl, Taylor said open, open it wide open. That's what Taylor always says. So after this call, who knows what's going to happen? But storing that, storing that horniness in the listen, pile. Listen, off, off the ass cheeks and the dick. There we go. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Maybe some pussy too. Who knows? Who the fuck Mm-mm. knows? Snort it off yourself if you really have to. No one's judging. See, I was about to you know lift what? up a titty and just do that, and I was like, we cannot do that on the YouTube streets. <laughs> you know what though? I know which personality is speaking tonight. Which? Thotamus, what's up? How are you? Why are we back to Thotamus? Why are we back to Thotamus? What did you just say not two minutes ago? I might be snorting horniness off of ass, dick, maybe pussy too. That is Thotamus behavior. What's going on? How are you? Pause. Pause. Mm. Is my Mm. name on uh, on Instagram still Thotamus Prime? No, you changed it. You changed okay, it back. okay. Time Are you sure back though? Why? I've been good. Because this is who is speaking tonight. That's who this is. That's yeah. <sighs> okay, I'll see if I could change my name on here so people know. It's no, you're you're being here. proper on your Instagram right now, <laughs> Doctor Vernon T. Scott. <laughs> change Heller. <your>. Heller. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are y'all takeaways as it relates to like, wait, why is the YouTube chats not coming up? I'll I'll figure it out. But anyways, what is y'all's sentiment as it relates to taking a break? I think taking a break could be important. I mean, you know, I talked about that from my own journey, too. I mean, similar to what you did. I had to I had to do that. I had to stop for a minute because. I can't like that whole that whole terrible ass adage about getting over someone by getting under someone else is so mm. fucking terrible because if you haven't dealt with whatever it is that happened to you and then you're going with someone else whether it's just for a hookup or you know trying to find yourself in a relationship whether on purpose or accidentally all you're going to be doing is projecting the shit that just happened to you to this other person you might be, even if it is just a hookup, if it was something terrible, like somebody cheated on you and you were so angry, you might be hate fucking this person that don't even know what's going on with you. And they're thinking that that's who you normally are. And that's not that's not fair to either of you. So I had to do the same thing. I mean, not because of the 
hate fucking thing, but just because I knew that I needed to figure out what I needed for myself, you know, like those needs, I can handle myself for right now. Trust me, there were definitely days where I'm just like, I need the warm embrace. I need the body weight. I need the this, that, and the third. But it was more important to me to take that break because I was like, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna break some cycles and not keep dealing this dealing with the same kind of person all the time and, and, and sitting here wondering how come I keep attracting this terrible ass type of person or attitude or whatever the case is, I need to take some time and really be like, okay, the, what are we allowing that we shouldn't be allowing? Or why, you know, am I looking for love in all the wrong places, et cetera, all them cliche ass shit. But like, but that, but that's real though. Like that kind of like sex can cloud your judgment, but going back mm. to what you were originally talking about, like, those are the times that if you are in therapy or speaking to somebody professionally that you need to have these conversations with that person, you know, and be like, I'm thinking about this or I'm thinking about that and I'm kind of taking a break. I'm not necessarily being celibate, you know, if you know, without putting a label on it, but you know, I'm just taking a break right now. Like sometimes, like you said, snoring that horniness, you know, when downstairs want to be talking more than other than your upstairs mind, sometimes you got to find that balance. Because the bitch will make you reckless. And we don't need those types of things while we are healing. So taking that break sometimes is necessary. Unless you are the kind of person or you're at a place where you can totally separate a sexual experience or a sexual encounter with somebody from everything else that's going on. You know, so most people like to say that that's true. But these are also the same people who think that they're not toxic and don't have as many red flags as the person they were dealing with. So... I, I do have to say though, a good consensual hate fuck is amazing. Consensual being consensual being the key term. That's there. the key word. Yes, yeah. like, it should be the key word in every situation. But mm -hmm. yes, a good hate fuck. Oh my god, that when you when you both mutually taking that aggression out, fuck. Um, for me, I, I I agree. I think you know. I think you sometimes you just need to. I think sometimes you just need to take a take a step back, from, not only from from sex, but even from yourself. Uh, you know, like and, and I think sometimes you'll have. I, I think you can find more fun, more experiences when you do that. Like for me, you know, my my encounters. I, I love sex. I love having sex. I think it's it feels amazing. It's great, but for me, it's not my my. My, my encounters are not about sex. It's about enjoyment. It's about mutual enjoyment. You know, and I tell people if I... If, oh, sorry. Getting distracted by the lower thirds. <laughs> um, for me, if it's... If, 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 we, if I don't have sex, if I don't come, that's fine. As long as everyone's had, had a great time. You know, and like, I don't... So I think I think people put too much emphasis on the actual act of sex, and not enough emphasis on what it what it means, how it feels, and not only that, but like how it feels to connect with somebody. You know, I can very easily like I've learned many years ago to turn off my emotions when it comes to sexual encounters. I can have sex and not feel it. I can do that. You know. But I don't like to. <laughs> you know, I was, I was just talking to someone the other day. I was saying, like, you know, I like, you know, I can do that, but I would rather get emotionally involved, even even a little bit. I'm not saying I want to fall in love and you know 
you know, have, have marry you and everything, but I want to get, I want to have an emotional attachment. And what that means is a lot of times that means that when things don't work out, I get hurt more and I get hurt, hurt worse, but it's better. And, 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 but you know, that's what, that's the part that I think people need to understand. You know, I don't think it's necessarily about taking, taking a break from sex. It's about taking a break for, like I said, from yourself and learning what you're actually looking for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can have, you can have way more fun without, without the sex. I mean, I can, I, I can, I can, I can show you many ways to, 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 to tease somebody for hours and both of you walk away satisfied and not a single one of you came. Right. And mindfuck is important for sure. Absolutely. Mm, Chile. Um, there's somebody that immediately came to mind when you said mindfuck and, mm. but <clears throat> No, I will. I will have to say that, like, I I do agree. Like, I think that's the one that one of the things I love so much about uh, sexuality is the 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 many facets that it shows. Like, I don't mind blindfolding a partner and whispering in their ears, telling them a whole last story about all the freaky things that I would do to them. Mind you, I'm not going to do any of those things in that moment. But just the thought process of knowing that this is what I will and can do to you and having them sit in that moment and experience that for some time. Oh, my motherfucking goodness. Yes. It's a good thing. It is such like I do enjoy me a good sapiosexual. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> not gonna, like, let me fuck your mind let me toy with you make you experience a lot of different things that you want to experience physically but you have to think about that you have to think about you and i engaging in this experience together even though it's not really happening in the reality that we're in in this very moment I want you to visualize all the different things. I want you to experience those different things of how it can and shall be. If we so choose to go that route, I need you to understand that oh, you can and you shall be fucked good mentally, okay? Like, the, brain, the brain can do so many wonders to the body. You know, Right, you could you could sit there and you could you could fuck somebody, but then but to whisper in their ear exactly what you want to do to their body, and how what you're gonna where you're gonna put your tongue, and how you're gonna touch them in these different oh my god, you could your brain can take that you can come just from that sometimes if it's good enough. Child. Yeah, I've done that to somebody. That's so much fun. I'm getting turned on just thinking about it. Whew. Right, I was like, who can I who can I write later? Who can I write after this? Like the moments when you have satisfaction or even just have orgasm without there being any kind of ejaculation. Oh my God, people. The things <laughs> that you can do just with the mind alone, the things that you can do without actually penetrating a body, it is phenomenal. It is yep. greatness. Yep. Mm. It would just turn the physical that much better, you know? you got all of this on your mind. Your senses are aroused, all of that. Like, the best sex comes from more, you know, with from all five senses being stimulated. What is he saying now? Because I want to know. I'm oh, today. Who, Fred? 
Yeah. Now that this man's name literally just became Fred on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, Fred. I'm about to read your uh, text message. Like, you know who you are. They don't know who you are. So it's all good. You know, it's still kind of discreet. Uh, wait, I, I sent the wrong message. Okay, when you read that, I guess, I sent the wrong thing. I, I was supposed to put, I got you. But the um message was can't wait to experience this mind fucking you're uh, talking about clearly i'm missing out yes you are and now how, how dare you oh, deny fred how dare <laughs> you deny him no i got him i got him like I, like look if you really want i just need to get some blindfolds a few chains and we can go ahead and get some things now he said who is fred jones nick i need you to send pictures on that <laughs> oh wait, is that is that the dude from Scooby Doo? Oh yeah, it is a dude from Scooby Doo. I didn't know Fred from Scooby Doo's last name was Jones. I didn't either, bitch. I like look at look at what, what we're learning today. Thank you, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if Fred wants a mind fuck, just be, you know, I can tell you one of my favorite kinks is chastity, mm. and and October is only a couple weeks away. October is that what you said? October. It's when you go in chastity for the entire month of October, and you don't you don't orgasm, or you don't touch yourself, but you get you get teased by the key holder, oh. and and you're not allowed to come. Uh, at least that's the way I play it. Um, but you know, if Fred really wants that mental mind fuck, you should put him in a cage for October, not let him have access to his dick for a month. And then tease him as much as you can. See, well, Fred, let me know if that's something that you're interested in. I know for myself, I cannot participate in October because I'm I can come hands free. So, like, bitch, that's amazing if you can. <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, it's the way that you truly tapped into yourself, bitch. Like. <laughs> Like yeah, there's there's things there's things. Like I feel like women need to have more months like this because men have now October, no nut November. Uh, I would never I participate. Making... Listen, I right exactly because when I first heard that, I said, "Why would you do that to yourself? That sounds terrible." But whatever. But I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of similar to October, but whatever. So, but yeah, I don't. I can't think of any months that women have that are like that. I mean, you could symbolically practice October. You know, I, I know I know trans guys that practice October. They don't necessarily lock up, but they they basically kind of do the act the same way. They don't touch themselves. They don't fondle. They don't come. They don't orgasm. They just let it. They just fight. The, I mean, it's a, it's it's harder for them because they don't have the cage to stop them. But you can do it. So think- I'll be happy to help you with it if you want, Nicole. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not about to participate. In this. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just saying for those who are interested, I'm not about to deny myself. Hell no. So, somebody, but someone else that may be interested in that, like I haven't heard. I haven't heard of anything that would be similar. But I guess you're right. I mean, just not touching. But there would have. To, I think there would definitely need to be more consequences for touching. Oh, oh, with my, with my, with my boys, there's definitely consequences. I love to spank. I do love to spank. I, I just thought of a whole section of a, of a contract. So, I, what's funny is, even though I'm still new to BDSM, like I've written contracts already, mm-hmm. and like understanding 
consequences, hearts off limits, all of this other kind of stuff. So as you're saying that, I'm like, oh man, we could probably make a whole contract for that as far as what the rewards and consequences would be for that. I think that would be so dope. Right. And I think like now that I think about it, like Locktober may actually be good for those people who participate in like edging. Um mm. because they have to oh, prolong that. Oh. So that's interesting. That's mm. one of my favorite things to do. Oh yeah, we Indeed. talked about that. Yeah, for not not for myself, but for 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 October, for for my boys. Like I will get them to tease themselves, get them right to that edge, and then I'll tell them hold that for 30, 40 minutes without going over and and then stop and don't finish. Oh god, it's so fucking hot for me. That's so mean. I know and I love it. But he also sounds like but at the same time I see. I see and they, and they love it too. So I can I what can I do? I can do it. What can I do? God, I love that so much for you. Mm. Oh, like so the permission. Oh Lord. Oh my gosh, do you not know? I, I love when somebody asks for permission to do things because, you know, I'm already consent for it. So that like makes a, a extra layer of me being comfortable with the person and you continue to ask for the permission to do things. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Just ask me, oh, can I do this for you, daddy? Yes, you can. Actually, Zaddy, can I, can I do this for you? Yes, you may. <sighs> okay, <clears throat> I'm in a moment. So we're going to continue in this episode so I can release myself from it. Oh, what is up next? Oh, damn, it just got real. Jesus. (laughs) I forgot what was after the breaking from sex. You Um, you wrote these topics. I did. I did. And again, thank you, Adrian, for, like, giving us, like, the overarching theme for this episode. Um, Because, like, literally after the first part, it just was all free thought. Um, So, yeah, shout out to you, girl. Like, I appreciate you. When you see this and when you hear this on the actual podcast, just know that you are appreciated and loved. So the next topic, since we're, you know, there's that general disclaimer thing that's going on in the lower third for anybody who needs to like see that in the video. So I already gave you the general warning. And when this comes in the audio, you already hear the thing at the beginning of the podcast before the intro music start. So here we are. We're talking about sexual trauma. So um, (laughs) the next topic that we're talking about is sex as a trauma response and coping mechanism. So many people overall um, do not understand how we link our coping mechanisms, our strategies of getting over things and all those. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying to do better. I'll do, I'll do better. But anyways, <laughs> as long as y'all can hear me. Um, but yeah, like sex, um, people develop their sexual expression as a trauma response. It can often show as being hypersexual. It can be hyposexual. It can just be um, re- removing themselves from sexuality altogether. Um, what are some of the things that you all experienced or even what you know of or your sentiment of how people have used uh, sex as a way to... Uh, respond to their traumas or utilize sex as a way to cope with the traumas that they experienced. I think for, so for me, I'm going to kind of bring this back also to the healing journey that we talked about earlier. Um, there is a, a, a strong co- 
connection between uh, kink and, and, and trauma. Because kink can be very traumatic itself. You know, depending on what your kink is, it could be very, it could be dangerous, it could be hurtful, it could be very traumatic. And there is a lot of people out there that will, you know, it's not something I do because I'm just not comfortable with it, but there are people who do who deal with trauma through kink. And it's 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 about taking control of the situation. You know, if you were if you know something happened to you when you were a kid, use a kink situation under controlled situ circumstances with a trusted partner and, and with the right under the you know, with the right in, environment to indulge in, in these activities to show that you have power. That it doesn't control you, you you control it, you know. But I, I do want to emphasize the trusted partner, right conditions, because it can also cause more trauma if not handled properly, or not with somebody that you that you trust to follow the, the rules that you set in place. But if you have somebody you know, and, and you can talk, like, I mean, this is something that I, I've kind of talked a little bit about in my, in my practice, but not very much, because again, I'm not, I'm not a trauma coach, so I don't really know that. But I, I, am, I do understand when people say, like, I want to try this, and I want to say, okay, and I can tell you, like, here's what you want to do. Here's the things you need to look out for. You know, these are the red flags you want to, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying this to the top or the dom, because they're the ones that need to be able to, know, to notice when to stop. The other ones that need to notice when, when and if it's gone too far, you know, because a lot of times, you know, the, the sub who's dealing with the trauma in the moment, like we said, pointing this is a drug in the moment, they may not even realize it's, it's hurting them more. They may not realize mm -hmm. until after the fact that, that it caused more, more damage than good. So it is up to, it is up to me as the Dom, it is up to you as the Dom to watch, to be hyper aware. And make sure that you are following the rules. You are doing what you're supposed. And if you see even the tiniest, tiniest bit of red flag or tiniest bit of warning, you just stop. You know, you know. It's it, but in that sense, I think it can be extremely helpful if done right. Just be careful. Mm. I agree with that. I think um, I think that fine line between it really helping you deal with it or cope with your trauma versus being um just so engulfed and engrossed in the scene that you don't that you that you're not present and enough uh, present enough in your body to know when you should be using using a safe word for you know hey i'm at the border or hey i'm i'm there and you're and your dom being tapped into you enough to to understand or to like really read your body language and see the things that you're not saying and saying okay i'm pushing them too hard or they're you know this might sometimes it might be they're not even being pushed hard especially if this is a scene that you've done before with this trusted partner like sometimes it's usually we're good here but clearly they're not good right now in their body so yeah i think them being hyper aware um is would be the best for the sub or the person who's going through that um but also i think that like you were talking about before like that correlation between trauma and kink between trauma and bdsm which isn't there for everybody once again but the way that people go to that space because of the trauma to deal with it to get away to be in that different headspace and that's something else that i think people don't really understand or know about like 
when you're when you're going through these scenes, typically you as the sub and the dom in a lot of cases, you guys are in a different headspace to release, to get away from whatever your reality is. So things like aftercare is super important, not only to bring you back and make sure that you're good and you guys can talk about um, the scene, the experience that you just had, but also to bring you back from that headspace, dom space, top space, sub space, all of those things, bring you back from that, back into your reality so that you can cope and so that you can deal. This is not something that you could just get up and go when you're done. Um, but I think that people, you know, people do though, like you were saying, the correlation is people do just deal with whatever trauma it is with sex, like, you know, using that same getting under to get over. And it's not, it's typically not a helpful thing. Like they might think it's okay for the first few, but they're not realizing the the terrible pathway that they're leaving of destruction that they're leaving behind for other people. And then of course, for themselves. So that's why I say it. That's why I feel like it's a fine line. Like you, you really should not do that. <laughs> you really shouldn't do it. You're just, you know, just the same way as people use um, alcohol, drugs, food, whatever else as a coping me mechanism and how all of those things can be damaging to you and not good for you. The same thing, the same thing can happen with sex, especially when you're not with, especially when you're not with a, a partner who is truly consenting to this and truly like looking out for your well-being. You're just trying to get with someone. And you're just like, I need you to do da da da, and they're like, I mean, sure, but you know, is that really what you need right now? Because, you know, especially after the scene or during, like, that's not. This is not really what you should. We should be doing right now. This is not good for you because. You know the cries that you have are, are are internal, terrible cries and not pleasurable ones. So I yeah I'm I'm on the side of don't do that because <laughs> I just feel like most people won't know most people won't know what that line is, hmm. and they're not going to come back very well from it. See that reminds me like I know like from my history of engaging with other people and whatnot and having a history. <laughs> close to mental health and uh, mental wellness as well as being a coach and all those other things and i engage with other people to you know just to figure out how they want to express sex and all these other things are engaging sex with other people i've even had moments where i had to take a step back and recognize oh wait you should not be having sex right now you what what's going on with us right now is too much like i even remember this was a time when i was in nashville and somebody was telling me how they were going through so many things like uh uh, I think a family member, I think their grandmother had just recently passed and they lost their job and all these other things. And it was just like, but I want to hook up with you. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We mm -hmm. cannot hook up. Like, first and foremost, I'm a firm believer in energies. And that's some energies that I don't want to, even though I do use protection and everything, but that's still some energies that I don't want to be laying over in my apartment because of everything that's going on with you. I don't want you to be in a position where you get so accustomed to utilizing sex to have that um, release um, that you just feel something in a moment rather than feeling the feelings, the accurate and true feelings that you're feeling in the moment because all of the things that you're going through. And I think mm -hmm. people have become so accustomed to 
utilizing sex to to eradicate or even uh, minimize the real traumas or the real life emotions that they're feeling in the moment so that they can move through life with the guise that they're okay rather than just acknowledging that they're not okay and this is for any person who's doing that out there it is okay not to be okay but sex is not something that is a quick fix is not something that is able to remove you from the problems it's similar to like when people turn to drugs to uh help deal with whatever the fuck is going on in their lives use that problem that issue that those emotions are still going to be there once you're off of those drugs those those things are still going to be present and until you actually deal with those things process those things understand those emotions understand those feelings you're not going to be okay like you want to be okay it's great that you want to have sex it's great that you may have good sex while depressed but at the end of the day if you're not removing the emotional blockage that is preventing you from having a fulfilled experience throughout all, all of that is not going to really benefit you because at the end of the day that those things those feelings are still going to be there because they have not been dealt with and i think that's the thing that well, I feel as though that's the thing that many people refuse to acknowledge or they refuse to understand because it's easier, like like you mentioned, it's easier to get under another person to get over another person, which is a doctrine I would never subscribe to because it makes no it makes absolutely no sense of why anybody would do that because you're not dealing with the emotions you're not dealing with the breakup you're not dealing with the hurt you're just um deflecting you're just finding a new new source um you're finding somebody that you don't probably don't even have any emotional connection with or any physical or real alignment with just to escape the idea or the feelings of knowing that you have heartbreak waiting around the corner Exactly. So, I, all those feelings are still there when you're done. Absolutely. When you go to when you when you go put on your clothes and and leave, and you pick up your shoes, right, right, waiting right there with you, are those that is all of that same fucking baggage that you got to carry back with you. So, how is that helpful? It's going just back, a temporary. Yeah. Going back to horniness as a drug, you know, when you're when you're horny, it feels great. Once that drug wears off, the guilt and the mm -hmm. self-loathing. Uh, but to kind of go back to a, a little bit of what I was saying, and also I want to hit on a point that Nicole made because it's I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second in a minute. Um, but like, so I do I did want to also emphasize, you know, I, and I agree with both of you very very much. Um, but when, when, you know, sex using using kink as a as a trauma a healing practice, that's I, when I when I say doing that, I, I mean that as a that's a tool, not a treatment. That isn't that isn't the only thing you should be doing. You you should be doing that in conjunction with seeing a therapist. You should be doing that in conjunction with working on yourself. You should be doing that in conjunction with everything else you need to do, and then use this potentially use this as another tool to help you overcome that hurdle. Don't don't rely on this to be the thing. Mm -hmm. um, and also something that Nicole said, I'm going to get my soapbox now. I fucking hate safe words. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not, not that I don't think they're a good thing. You know, and I'm not the one of these guys that say, I don't use safe words. Um, 
because I think they're too limiting. Um, I think, you know, I think at the time they were good. And because, for example, when you call a safe word, we're done. There's no, we're not, we're done. We don't, we stop. Sex is over. The scene is done. We are, not, we're not going back into it. We're done because you safe word done. But I don't like that because that to me, there's sometimes there's another step in there. So like in my practice, when I, when I do scenes, I, I like to use the red, yellow, green personally. And you know, for those who don't know what that means, obviously, you know, green means everything's okay. When you call yellow, that means you stop, have a conversation, discuss what you're feeling, and then potentially you can, and then from there you can decide if you want to go back to green or go to go to red. And when you go to red, again, it's like calling, it's like safe wording out, you're done. So it gives you that kind of, it gives you a little bit of that wiggle room. Sometimes you don't want to safe word out, but you still need to stop and take a minute and have that conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know you so a lot of times you will say for it out, but you don't you don't actually want to stop. You just want it to take a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. So I that's my soapbox. I like I think safe words are a great thing to have, but I, I personally I hate them because they're just way too limiting in my world. You know, and I never thought about it that way because maybe because when even though I've heard of safe words for a long time, when it was more explained to me when it came to kink and BDSM, it was more. Um, it was more using it like a red, yellow, green. I mean, some people just have the one safe word, but for me, I'm just like, I don't think there should be one just for that same reason. And and for me personally, like mine is also like the red, the red, yellow, green, because to me, that makes the most sense. It's, you know, I'll, it'll be something easier to remember than white picket fence or some <laughs> shit, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. I'm not going to remember that in those moments, especially if it's, if I'm in a moment where I need to go from green to yellow or more importantly, from green to red, you know, yeah. I'm not going to remember that. The only thing I'm going to say is stop because that's the only thing that makes sense. You know, your, your mind isn't going there. Right. So to me, red, yellow, green makes sense, but I always think of it as that if you need to go from green to yellow, that's just like you said, whether it's you're stopping or you're just recalibrating, taking a little bit softer and then going from there, especially if you especially if you and your the dog and the sub really know each other and they trust each other enough to where they can pick up on those things and recalibrate you um, without having to fully stop. That's what that's what I think of. That's what that's what I would that's what I would use it for and not really like, oh, I need to just be out of here and, and just completely stop the scene. But I also like the, you know, again, if you're at yellow, let's pause for, pause for a minute. What's going on? What do you need? Should we keep going? Or do you just, was that a yellow to red really? You know, are we at orange, red, orange? Like, where are we at? So- <laughs> Kind of a shark <laughs> Right, which, where are we at here? So, you know, so those, that that's why, but I can, but I mean, from what you're saying, I could definitely understand, like, if you just have the one safe, safe word and that one is pineapples and, that means we got to shut shit down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it? What's going on with with you and me as to why you felt that you needed to get out of there? I'm, I'm you know, also because it's like you didn't have a good discussion before you even got into the scene. Because exactly. why are you even? Why do you need to get out already? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm also a fan of not only have that's already. I also I like to work with a potential nonverbal cue as well because you know a lot of people who get into subspace or get into the scenes they become nonverbal. And they can't even say yellow, or they can't say red. They can't say safe word. Mm-hmm. So I like to if if it's a, if it's somebody I know that I know can get nonverbal, I like to work on a, some sort of cue. And mm-hmm. you know, the cue would represent yellow most of the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I see them do it, I'm going to stop, give them a second to breathe, get their words back, talk about it, 
you know, but you know, I'm not going to say like you do this for red and do this for yellow. It's like you do this, we're going to stop and have a conversation, and then we'll decide from there. But it, I think it's a, you know, it's also very helpful to have that on top of it because kink needs to be safe and consensual. And yes, there is risk involved. There's always risk involved in kink. You know, we 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 accept that risk as kinksters. But we need, we want to make it as safe and comfortable and, and 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 less dangerous as we can. And if that means we have five safe words, we do the red yellow. We have thirteen hand signals, and we learn American Sign Language just so we can talk. Then so be it. And that's the truth, right? And you know, and I that's one thing that I like. So I mean, I don't know if the audience has picked up on it, but. Um, yeah, when it comes to kink and BDSM, like this shit is not one. Like I said before, it is not linear. There are layers to this. There are other rooms and and crawl spaces and all kinds of shit. Like th this is not something that is just a blanket thing. The only thing that's really blanket is safe and consensual. That is the only thing that goes in every part of those spaces. Everything else really needs to be what you and that other person or people need it to be. It's not going to look the same for everybody. You know, like, for example, Sir Marvelous and, Siphon the, and his sub, Siphon the Unicorn, um, I've had the pleasure of seeing one of their demonstrations up close and then actually meeting them in person and, and seeing their content and stuff like that. And what they do is called sensual BDSM, something I never even knew existed until I saw them. And seeing what that looks like and how that works for them and how that could be the best introduction or the best path for some people who are interested in different kinds of play versus um versus the 50 shades of disgusting really that no one really that no one really knew that there was anything else other than that you know but understanding that there are so many different layers like you need to make that look like what it's supposed to look like for you or for you and your partner and find those different people who are on the same path, the same wavelength. And of course, there's tons of resources um, so that you can find these different things. But don't think that, okay, well, if I'm in this, I, I got to have, excuse me, just the one safe word or the three or whatever the case is. You need to make that look like what it's supposed to look, what it needs to look like for you. So that safe and consensual, you feel that, you know that it isn't just like, oh, well, yeah, you're safe, or yeah, we could do that. And like, no, it needs to be a real conversation, negotiation. That's why before you even get into a scene, negotiation is important. Even if you've been with this person 15 years, it's going to look different, but you're going to be negotiating the scene, especially when you're trying something new. So this stuff is not something to step lightly into. You really have to get some education. You really have to know what you're getting into and what you're trying, you know? Like it's so, it's so complex and so layered. The simplest thing, the, but the the simplest thing, is the safe and consensual part. And, and to build off that, like not even just like, like you, different kinks for different people. Like I may like to be spanked, and then you, you may like to be tied up. But not only that, but the way I like to practice spanking is different than the way somebody else likes to practice spanking. Yes. So even though you say, oh, we're both into the same kink, it could still look extremely different mm -hmm. between the two of you. Like, I I like a little spanking. I don't, you know, I don't mind spanking a little a, a boy, you know, get him a little red. I, I know a guy who you could take a bullet to his ass and bleed him, and he's not happy until until it's like he's purple. And I'm like, that's, right. oh, no, 
not way too much for me. Yeah, that's a little far. That's further than I'm willing to go. So you know, not only is it like different kinks, but it's like everyone practices kink, and that's what makes it good. But you know, it's about everyone practices kink differently, and you've got to be aware of that. You know, mm -hmm. and it's and that's that's kind of like why I said like or like saying earlier, what does dumb stuff look like to you? Because kink looks differently to everybody. Like you know, oh, I like to be spanked. Well, what does that look like? You know, I like to have. Do you, these like, do you like floggers and and paddles and bull whips, or are you strictly a hands person? And even if that's the case, are you know, what's your severity? Is it a little pop, or is what what is it looking like for yeah. you? You know, yeah. so I yeah, totally agree. Yeah, you know, and, I, and at least in, in in terms of impact play, as an example, like when I when I do impact impact play with somebody, at least at first, I gauge it. I hit them. Well, what is that from a one to ten? Okay, and I hit them again a little harder. What is that? And then I kind of and I can kind of gauge and I say, well, what's too far for you? If like say this is a three, do are you okay with a five? Are you okay with a seven? You know, and then gauge her from there. And, and honestly, what a three looks like to this person is going to be very different than what a three looks like to this other person. Right. Just like you were talking about with that other person, you know, your three might be a, a one to them, a zero exactly. even. Or your three might be a ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, um, as soon as y'all mentioned sensual play, I just, my mind just start wandering because i love it i love sensual play i love the engagement mm -hmm. of senses like mm -hmm. be it smells and i love the touch and the feels and just getting to know someone or even engaging them in a, on a level that like is in a way i feel like sensual play is a uh is that undiscovered level of intimacy that most people choose not to go down because mm -hmm. i like to have the conversation of what smells make you feel good mm -hmm. what smells make you uh, aroused a little bit and the the i i still remember the moment i realized that i do enjoy sensual play because i was like in high school at the time and that's when i learned that like the smell of baby powder kind of turned me on i have no idea why but it was just <laughs> like what was that it's just cocoa made butter me feel ooh, ooh, yes cocoa butter i'm sorry <laughs> not, not, not to tangent really quickly but i went to a trade school and i had a friend who was in cosmetology and every day for lunch she would come to the table and she would shove her hands in my face because they always smelled of cocoa butter and yes. it was how i started my lunch break and it was the heaven Sorry. yes oh. it's a beautiful Definitely. thing so, but so. you're right though the smells lighting candles to to enhance the mood whether you know honestly candles to enhance a mood whether they're whether it's just the warmth or the light or the actual smell or, you know, all three, that is a move regard. I think regardless of if you're being sensual or if you're not, because playing with the senses period, like heightens so many things, like whether it's a memory, a good memory or something like that, or for some, some people, a not so great memory just to get them into that space. Like that's total mood. You know, people, there's a reason why people love like the scent of vanilla or, you know, depending on how deep the vanilla smell is. There's mm. so many reasons why people love that kind of stuff because it evokes certain emotions and senses and stuff. Like it all is the serotonin and the oxytocin and, you know, the oxytocin and all this other things. 
just to be nerdy for a second, but all of it plays into um, plays into these same different things. So I, I totally get it. Like the sensual play, I think you're, I, I agree with you there. Like it's so, it's so underrated. You know, we just get in there and, you know, just to have, well, a lot of people get in there just to have sex and get that nut, hopefully, and be done and not really understand that, you know, the foreplay before you even get there to when they're caressing you and touching you and kissing and all this other kind of stuff makes your experience that much better when you finally mm. get to them or you finally get to that point. But it's just it's just so underrated and downplayed, unfortunately. We need to bring that back for sure. I don't I don't understand people who want to have sexual encounters that don't aren't into cuddling or kissing. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that's part of the sense that sensual sensuality of it, and the sense I'm a like not only sensual, but I'm a sensation player, and I love sensation. Mm-hmm. I love feeling like I'm a, I'm tactile. So when I'm with with someone yeah, I'm in a scene, I don't care how aggressive the scene is, I'm touching, I'm rubbing, I'm putting my body against theirs, I'm kissing their neck, kissing their lips, I'm feeling them, and I'm feeling the moment, and like not only that, but even like. It, it gets me going every time, like when, a, and I, I love to do it too. It's like when someone gets really close to your ear and whispers really softly, and or just this light suck uh, right in your ear. Oh, God, it just sends shivers down my spine. <laughs> that part, yes. Is someone, is someone coming into the room with your, with your horny tray that you're about to start up? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Place just now. Yeah, <laughs> I did a little moan just then. I kind of gave myself a little shiver. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So. Oh god, I am really thinking about. Um, and I think was it you, Nicole? I was talking about about the person that I was um, talking to um, back in the day. Well, you know still kind of you know ongoing whatever that situation is uh in terms of like like oh i might as well say it like one of the things that i really wanted to do with that person was to have them experience multiple like at least five orgasms before any kind of penetrative sex happens and a lot of that is related to sensual play because it's like i i do want to have the sapiosexual experience i do want to engage in the 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 sensual touching aspect of things like one of the things like that i plan on doing in an upcoming workshop is help people recognize that like how your body is your biggest sexual organ and how you can utilize it in different ways to experience sex with your partner be it um you know a hard touch or something that's like extreme with like a spanking or whatever and even how the the mixture between a spank and a soft touch may provide some kind of sensual feeling that mm-hmm. you have with um, another person. Like mm-hmm. all of those things, like when I tell you sensational, uh, sensation play is like my thing, <laughs> like metal. It's good, it's, it's good stuff. So it like get some nerve endings, endings firing and just, yeah, touch them, touch them all. See if you can get how many of a thousand of them shits is. See if you can touch them all, <laughs> because oh. because it really does. It really does take you to this other place, like you were saying. Like 
if you're spanking someone and then they, you know, and then the person who's doing the spanking, like then rubs and caresses that area, like it's so, it's so important. I just feel like it's so important. Like you can't do one without the other, in my opinion, but I'm also, you know, a sensual type person too. I'm a, I'm a touchy feely bitch too. So I love that kind of stuff anyway, but I mean, you're right. And thinking about like having a little scalp massage, like have you ever had someone just massage your shoulders and go up the back of your neck and then to the bottom of your head or just through your, that's, it's my favorite. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things or personally, Getting your hair you know, washed. A bit of my business for a second, but like personally, giving head to somebody and them like putting their fingers or their hands in my hair, not to like push my head or anything, but just their fingers in my hair and just kind of playing with my scalp a little bit, or mm-hmm. even just like the tension or whatever. Another level. Now that you mm. want me to go ham is is what you're saying to me right now. So that's what we're doing. But yeah. that kind of stuff. Perfect. And what's I love it. what's so good about sensual play? is it can happen it can start days before the actual act like you can you can be at dinner beforehand for example and you can just start touching and caressing and just looking at your partner in the right way and just leaning in and whispering something in their ear giving them a little kiss on the cheek you know the fucking the scene starts there yeah. And it just gets better and better. And even what makes it even better is when you get into afterplay, uh, aftercare, excuse me, you know, you can still carry on the sensation play because, you know, a lot of people for aftercare is a lot of cuddling and kissing and hanging out and just being, being with each other. So you can rub and touch and cuddle, you know, in a non-sexual way, but it's still in, you know, in doing aftercare, but it, it can extend the scene. And make it last. I mean, you can start, like I said, you could start that shit days before. You know, if I if I know I'm having a date with somebody that they're coming over like on a Saturday, sometimes I'll like to start on like Thursday, just like sending text and sending messages saying, Hey, here's what what I want to do and here's what we're gonna do. You know, and then so that way and so it just starts and they're ready for it and they're eager. And like one of my other favorite things to do, and I think one of one of one of this guy I just started seeing maybe listening, so he may be getting spoiled right now. So if you're always <laughs> Expect this at some point. Um, I love and talking about the sensation play. I love to tie someone up, put on a blindfold, and noise canceling headphones, and then walk away. And every so often, without letting them know, come back and just touch them, in a way, or rub them, or kiss them, or stroke them, and then walk away. So they never know what when it's coming. Because they can't hear me and they can't see me, and when it touched them, oh, gee, right, mm, so good. The shivers, Where's the my like, right, yeah. <laughs> like someone um, bring it in, bring it in. I, I think I'm high. <laughs> just had to <laughs> snort that a little bit. Yeah, just take that that's that shit. <laughs> you can use that one if you want. I don't care. <laughs> just let you know, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That that might have to be that might have to be a clip real quick. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're snorting that as well as I am, yes, mm-hmm. that's that shit right that's there. That is some good shit. Really good shit. Okay, to move on because we're, it's already eight o'clock, <laughs> and I don't know which uh, alcohol is battling with my personality at this moment, and I love it for myself. So. <laughs> 
let's get deep into some some shit um, because the next topic that came up was getting over past lovers. Um, I, I know for myself, uh, like this is kind of going back to that concept of getting under somebody to get over somebody, which many of us on this, uh, well, all of us on this, do not agree uh, agree on because what the fuck is that? But I know, like, for myself, um, when, when it came to my ex, uh, I I love that we do, did have, like, somewhat of a friendship so that we can have those conversations and have those um, things about closure, have the conversation about closure, understanding what went wrong, went right within relationship. That really helped me um, move past, as well as helped me improve myself as it relates to um, future relationships, as well as um, getting to know the person that i'm getting to know now to make sure i can at least show up for them uh in a way that's beneficial to them that i was unable to show up for my ex but um i will say um when it comes to getting over past lovers i will always recommend making sure that you take time for yourself take time for your healing process take time for knowing what you want when it comes to your next relationship understanding where things failed be it with the other person as well as what failed with you when it comes to relating to or getting to know a new person and see how those things transpire in future relationships what what is some of the things that you all uh, feel or what is it that what kind of advice that you can provide to somebody who's in a space where they need to get over a past lover that is not getting under another motherfucker mm-hmm. I don't know I think you I think you touched on some really good things right which was um, if you're able, if it's not a terrible breakup and you're able to go back and have conversation with them, I mean, you don't have to be friends or at least friends for a long time, but be able to be in a space where you can have those conversations and be like, you know, now that we're not together anymore officially, <laughs> what is it? You know, what is it that irks your nerves so bad about me? What is it that you think that I need to work on? You know, because when you're in a relationship with someone, even if you love that person, sometimes hearing that you need to work on whatever issue you had in your past or that issue with your mom or whatever the hell it was. Sometimes people don't want to hear that during the relationship because you're just like, oh, now you're just trying to say some shit to make me mad, blah, blah, blah. And they don't Mm. take it very well. But when you're in a different space of, you know, like, hey, remember that time where this happened and I said this to you and you got mad pissed off about it? I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm saying I feel like this is something that you should do because this is how it affected our relationship or this is how it affected me. Or every time I said this or I did that, you got triggered and you started doing this behavior. And I don't think that that's healthy. You know, so being able to have some conversations, if you can, I think would be, um, I think would be easy. But also, I mean, going back to something Wes said earlier was taking some time to yourself to really get to know yourself and um, and learn what's going on with you. Speaking to speaking to a counselor, speaking to a therapist, doing some journaling or whatever, so you can be like, yeah, they kept saying this and da da da, and I know I got this wrong, so that you can 
write that out in the moment, but also take some time and go back to that and really reflect and be like, damn, was it me for real? Or was it just this? Or you know what? I know I need a, a partner that isn't going to straight out gaslight me, but is not going to try to just say some shit just to make me pissed off for no reason. So like getting, you know, re redefining what your wants and needs look like for a partner, but also understanding what kind of person you are as far as like knowing what you will tolerate, what you won't, what you will compromise on. If you're a compromising person at all and all kinds of things like that, that should be some time to, to get through that. Now, if it was a relationship where you were really hurt and there was like infidelity going on and that's something that's really, that's really big for you. And you're just like, I, it came out of nowhere and I, I don't know what to do. Then I definitely think you should seek counseling because once again, you don't want to project your hurt your pain that you had in this previous relationship with someone who is unsuspecting and, and really is not trying to do you any kind of harm, but you keep on putting that person into the same category. You sit here waiting for the other shoe to drop or waiting for them to be this asshole, this fuck boy, fuck girl, whatever. And that's not even what they're here for. You're just still in this mindset. So if you don't heal yourself from the, like these past relationships or things that trigger you, which I hate to keep on using that word, but things that, you know, turn out to be like a red flag or as soon as you see something, you're always reacting to it, then you need to identify what those are and really see what the underlying reason is for that. Everybody isn't out for you. Everybody doesn't always do the same thing. But why is it that you think that? So mm. that's, those are my tips. So I'm going to kind of go against the grain here. Again, and I, I think both of you had made very valid points. Shake some tables. We love it. I'm, 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 I'm going to shake something, some spider webs loose here. I think if it's a relationship that, that you need to, that, that you feel you need to get over, then you should have had these conversations many times already. Mm. I think if it's a, if it's a relationship that if it's someone that you were in a, in a relationship with, that you feel that you need to get past, that they have affected you so emotionally that you need to work on getting past them then you should have had these conversations with them in the past about what you what they do and don't like about you, what you do and don't like, what's good and what rubs them the wrong way. Because relationships are about communication. 90% of relationship is about communication. And if you're not having those conversations, you're not communicating. So like, yes, I think I think for the most part for like the regular, like, oh, we dated for like a month or whatever. And, you know, maybe I want to find out what, what it was that they didn't like, fine. But for me, when you say getting past lovers, I'm thinking this is somebody that I fell for. This is somebody that I spent some meaningful time with that really got to know me, that I got to know myself. And if I haven't, if I had to wait till after we were broken up to hear that, then we were doomed from the beginning. So I'm going to ask a question that some people are probably going to ask, in, sure. whether it's in the comments or just out loud to themselves. So what do you do in the situations where, like, Plenty of people in relationships they did not communicate. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the right. It's the perfect. You know, everyone does it. I'm just saying that that's my opinion. But I think for those who don't communicate, um, that that should be a learning experience for you. If you're in a relationship and you're not telling your lover how you feel, look at. I understand. Nobody wants to hear negative. Nobody wants to hear negative about themselves. People get defensive. I don't want my partner, or my husband, or my boyfriends, or my partners coming to me and say, "Hey, this is what I don't like about you." 
I don't want to hear that. You know, it makes me uncomfortable to have those conversations. But if it's going to be something that affects our relationship, it's something I need to hear. And mm -hmm. if I'm not comfortable doing that for my partner and they're not comfortable doing that for me, then that's something I need to reevaluate as well. And if it's something that I feel my partner is not comfortable with doing, that's something that I need to work, help them work through. Like, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, like for myself, and it's something that I had to deal with. Like when I first started dating my husband, I was, I had this, I was very, I'm very anti um, argument. I don't like, I get very anxious when it comes to arguments. My brain says, if I fight with you, you're going to walk away from me. We're never going to talk again. So mm. in my world, when we, when we used to fight at the beginning of our, our relationship, when we would argue, I was shut down, like shut down. That was my response to it. And that was not healthy. And it took him years to push me out of that and eventually i got out of it and i realized that if i'm not comfortable telling him these things then that's a problem and you know i need to know if, if this is somebody that i need to get over or is somebody that like maybe maybe we were in a good relationship that turned sour and we're no longer together that that per that i should i should already know what that person feels about me how they feel about me so if i did go to the comments go to them and say hey tell me this they should I, it shouldn't be anything any of a surprise to me mm. you know but again like i said that's that's ideal and not everyone does that and it happens you know and if, but in, if that's a situation where you're in a lasting relationship and then after the relationship is over you find out all this shit, then mm -hmm. you should you should not only look at your partner but you should look deep at yourself and say why were we not talking about this ahead of time yeah mm -hmm. I, I will say one of the things that i learned from my previous relationship is that like one communication has always been something that's important to me but uh, that relationship taught me the need of providing time for somebody to be able to communicate with things mm -hmm. um because there has been times well there were times where i will ask okay what's going on uh, you seem a little bit distanced do you distant do you want to talk about it and then um and then he'll say like oh everything's good blah 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 and then a few months later um when he brings up the things that were bothering him i'm just like okay you could have brought this up when i asked but um where i'm at now i recognize that the reason why he's bringing it up at well he brought it up at the time was because it seemed to be a better time and he was in a better space to have the conversation mm -hmm. in that it was better for me to actually lean into the conversation rather than be like dismiss the the need to talk about it because they were he's still feeling those things he was still feeling some type of way and for me to be the person to automatically respond like you could have brought it up earlier when i asked was dismissing the fact that there was a processing that he was still going through and like i i will say that is even something that helps you with getting over like that past lover because of the lessons that you learn from those encounters the lessons that you gain from that when you sit down and reflect on what was right what was wrong and even give the the other person the the full right to tell you exactly their perspective of the relationship without any pushback without any kind of i need to justify or defend myself which is really also hard. Helps. <laughs> it's really hard but yeah. it also helps because yeah. 
I swear when I sat with my well not sat with him but when I sent the message to my ex and asked him what went well and what did not uh, I was in the space of not wanting to correct I was not in a space of wanting to defend myself I truly was in a, sp in a space of understanding who I was to them in their perspective and figuring out what other people may get from me uh, and that helped me uh, understand my relationship dynamics understand uh, what my failings were granted it wasn't anything bad that my um, uh, ex had to tell me which i would say was great because he literally was like well, no dating you was amazing but there was just some uh, like i put my friends over him which i was like okay that makes sense because i i get it i did do that <laughs> i did do that because i love my friends like bitch <laughs> do you not know my friends <laughs> at the same time it made me recognize okay if when i'm in these spaces when i'm in a relationship i have to be mindful that if i'm treating my friends some type of like have them on like a pedestal that my partner may feel insignificant in in our relationship and that's something that i have to improve on to make sure that they feel just as important if not more um to my friendships because these relationships that i've cultivated for myself over the years they are truly important but i also have to make sure that the person i'm engaging with also recognizes and understands that they are just as important that i want to engage in that and if i'm creating an environment where they feel less than then i need to do a little bit more i need to put in a little bit more effort to make them um, know that i do care about you that i do love you that i do want this to be a successful relationship and i think that i feel as though that's one of those things that we have to recognize within our um whatever we are if we just start a relationship with somebody or if we're leaving a relationship with somebody we have to be real with ourselves about our shortcomings within our relationships and not just acknowledge that oh i was the bum i was that bitch i was that dick. i was i was all the things we have to acknowledge that okay this relationship failed it's a two-party system mm -hmm. <laughs> it's two people involved in that so i know my ex had a part in that but what was my part in either enabling the failure of this relationship or hindering the success of this relationship so where is that yeah and most people f focus more on how your partner fail the you in the relationship and don't focus on how you failed you or how you failed your partner in the relationship you know and go back to what you're saying is like uh, yeah I'm, I'm like you i I'm, I'm the type of person where if i have something wrong with me i'm gonna sit on it and i'm gonna stew on it and it's not because i you know it's it's mainly because sometimes what bothers me right now may be no big deal it may just be something that i just may not be in the right mind frame and it just something just hit me the wrong way we, we get that way so i don't like to take the first moment as like saying oh this is an issue we have i like mm -hmm. to sit on it and see if it keeps bothering me and if it mm -hmm. does i will usually say something hey just so you know and you know my my husband is you know very much like you're saying he's more of like oh why didn't you tell me then i'm like well i wasn't ready to you know yeah. and it's not about when it's it's for me it's not about when you tell them it's about just just about being able to tell them you know, mm -hmm. take your time, form your words. If you're the type of person that can do it right away, 
great. If the other person needs a couple of weeks or a couple of days to kind of think on it and formulate a, a process and kind of just work on it through your own self first, you do that. But it's when, you know, it's when they don't say it's for me, it's when they don't say anything. Like, you know, when your your ex told you like, well, you put your friends ahead of you, you already knew that. I'm sure that was that may that may or may not have been a conversation that you two had at one point. But if not, that's something he probably should have said to you at some point, saying, Hey, just so you know this is how I feel. So you were you know, so when he brings it up, you could like, Yeah, you did mention that and then you can work on that. You know, if, if he didn't say that to you, then he wasn't comfortable enough for some reason to tell you that. Whether it's whether it's because of you or because of him, who knows? But he didn't have he wasn't in the right place to tell you what he needed to tell you and he sat on it and that's kind of in the, and that that helped do it so when you are reflecting you can't reflect if you don't know the whole, the, whole, the whole truth and not everyone has the luxury of having an ex that they can go hey tell me what I, how, why why you think we failed tell me what, what you how you think that we have it sometimes you only have yourself to reflect on and if you don't have the conversations you don't know you fucked up if you're not told you know if i don't if i don't get the f on my math quiz i don't know i failed math you know? right right no. and also just having that honest conversation with yourself so many people don't want to be honest with themselves either to say could i have done that one thing you know even if you don't have that partner just reflecting on like conversations that you had or you know mm -hmm. bad conversations arguments and stuff like that bringing that stuff back up and be like but was I really wrong in that moment or was I really right? Or was it me or was it them? And even if it was mostly them, are you able to identify the role that you played in whatever, you know, in whatever the turnout was of that argument? You know, and that can help lead you to the other like, okay, where did I, what role did I play in the demise of our relationship? Doesn't necessarily mean that it's all your fault and you need to go and apologize to that person or anything like that. But, you know, just that self-reflection to, to, be accountable so that you mm. don't bring in those same things into your next relationship. Yes. Yeah. It's a per perfect example of that for in my, in my life. Um, you know, I do, I do King conventions every so often. And you know, we had, there was one recently that I did a couple of years ago. I was an online one and there was this, they were having a panel and the King convention was basically around um, bringing, raising uh, the voices of, you know, the people who are not looked at, like, minorities and people who are, you know, treated poorly, you know, with disabilities, people of color, so like raising their voices in kink because, you know, and to be honest, let's be fair, you know, kink is a very straight, cis, white thing for the most part. Uh, so the, the whole point of this con convention is to kind of raise the voices of, of those who, who, those others, the, 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 you know, that it, anyways. So they were having this one panel where there's four, it was four women of color and they were talking about being black and being woman in, in the kink world. And one of the late, one of the people there had um, their partner with them and who was a, a white lady. And every time the, her, the, she would say something, her partner would be like, really that happened to you? Oh my God, that's so bad. Really? And, and I was sitting there feeling very uncomfortable. So I'm like, I get it, but this is not the time or place to be doing that. You know, so I messaged the, you know, and this is, a, this is, an, this is a, a, a convention that I was kind of, I was an admin for. So I was kind of, you know, one of the staff. So I, I messaged the organizer. I said, hey, look at, I love her. She's a great person, but this is kind of not the time and place for this. She, she, you know, can you, can we at least tell her, like, you know, just be aware of her, what's, what she's, what's happening. So he messaged her. She gets up and leaves. 
I don't know what he said to her, but she ended up getting like, come to find out the next time we had, the next year we had the convention, the person, her partner was like, yeah, can we say that I need her hair? Cause she's like, she's like my service, my service animal. And whoever said whatever last time I don't, she, she's going to be here. And that's just how it is. And I was like, I felt bad because I'm like, here I am trying to be a good person, trying to be an ally, you know, or trying to ally as much as I can. And I hurt my friend. Right. So I pulled her aside later. I was like, look, that was me. This is why I did it. And I'm sorry, you know, and I was talking to my husband. He's like, you know, you really didn't do anything wrong. You know, I'm like, yeah. I didn't, but I still hurt a friend. Mm-hmm. So whether or not my actions were, were honest and true, I did something to hurt somebody. And I need to reevaluate why, what I had done in that situation or how I could have potentially done it better. Mm-hmm. And I see why you did it, too, because, you know, because you have being being a person of color and a woman, of course. Um, you have people who are who are trying to be allies and you know and they don't know of, of, of these different experiences or they've heard about, about it but to have someone that they know personally going through that and you know and typically it's like man you're such a great person and you're so this and you're so that I can't believe something like that happened to you or whatever the case is but I mean I agree with you like knowing you know like knowing time and place especially if like this is your partner first of all if you don't know this shit about your partner i feel like there's more to go on right like you really y'all really haven't handled real real ass conversations especially mm-hmm. when you're someone of a person of color and and you're with someone who is not having some of those conversations i think is really important because most people don't know where you're coming from or what has happened to you or you as a person of color because we are so good at not realizing our traumas if you don't know that it was a traumatic thing and you tell somebody else and they're just like i'm so sorry that that happened to you and of course we're like oh well i mean it happens they're like no that is trauma and if you have someone who's aware they can tell you how your trauma has been you know how it's been playing out in your life and your relationships based on other Mm -hmm. stories but but so i so for me I, i agree with your husband like i don't think that you did anything wrong i think that's something that you know while you might be shocked in something like that, like no, like no time and place, you guys can have that. You can save that for a conversation later, so that you can still be present, especially if you're going to be this person's designated emotional support animal or emotional support human. Yeah. I need you to be, you know, like to me, being supportive means like being here to hold my hand, being here, just being here. I don't necessarily need your commentary, but let's talk about it later since you're curious about it. So that's for me. And I feel like a lot of other people would say the same thing. However, whatever the dynamics of that person's relationship is clearly is something completely different. So, cause I'm with you. I'm like, if you could just do me a favor and shut the fuck up and let her talk. Me? <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand that like I obviously what I did was I didn't do anything wrong and I and I compl- I was totally fine with that but again I'm kind of going back to like the whole topic we were talking about I didn't look at it I didn't look at the situation and say well I did nothing wrong so I don't know why she'd be mad at me so whatever right I looked and at the situation and said I looked and said yeah. what did I what could I have done differently how could I have handled mm-hmm. this differently or what could I have done to cause less of an of a anger reaction or less traumatic reaction for my friend you know I, it, and that's what that's why the point is like i think that's what more people need to do so i'm saying well i was right or i did nothing wrong so it's always all them and look at saying maybe i didn't do anything wrong but what could i have done right or what yeah. didn't i do right you know what could i have done better 
And I, I will say that's more so of um, moving or well, maneuvering in a way of accepting automatic accountability uh, and just self-improvement overall. And I, I will say uh, like in those spaces, it is also important to recognize that you did absolutely nothing wrong at the same time, but you just want to know how to be a better friend. Exactly. So mm -hmm. there's that's the difference. Um, like it's not that you have to hold yourself accountable for doing something wrong, but with this specific friend, okay, how can I be a better friend to you so that mm -hmm. you don't feel uh, isolated or feel attacked or feel um, less than or feel as though I stepped uh, across any boundaries mm -hmm. um, versus anybody else. Because mm -hmm. in this moment, I was rooting for you. I was in your corner. I was trying to defend as best as I knew how to. And then mm -hmm. on the back end, I learned something completely different. <laughs> so how can I make sure that I'm a better friend for you and only you in this aspect? And, but overall, and like if you look at a general aspect, because to me, I will say you did absolutely nothing wrong because right. I would just be like, you stepped up for a friend when you were supposed to. Damn it, that's what you did. But look, yeah. if I was there, I'd be like, bitch, why are you why are you inserting yourself in this colored conversation? <laughs> and then there's an argument and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but to bring it back, bring it back around around to what you were saying, it's like yes, like in, in in relationships as well, it's not about trying to figure out what you did wrong necessarily. It's about what you can do better, mm -hmm. you know. And that's kind of that's that was the point I was I was trying I was make, I was trying to make. It's like, yeah, yes, I know I didn't do anything wrong, but what could I've done better? Yes. How could I handle it differently? You know, and just like in a relationship, you know, if you if you if a bad relationship breaks up, you know, you may think you did nothing wrong but then you got to think about well what could i have done better what could i have done to fix or help exactly. and that's what we need to focus on okay so since it is approaching nine quickly i'm going to combine these next two um topics and then of course we'll end on the last one mm -hmm. so um this is all right, so what is the impact of self-love on healing as well as how does self-care relate to sexuality? Who would like to tackle that first? I guess I'll go. Okay. <laughs> um, Still putting my thoughts together. <laughs> yeah, take your time. I think self, I think if in anything, no matter who you are, no matter what the situation, no matter what your relationship, no matter what the outcome, self-love is probably the most important thing to understand, to to get, to to move past or move on or move up. If I don't love myself, I can't love you. Mm. You know, if I don't if I don't really love who I am, I can't really love who you are. Mm -hmm. So. And, and and that and with that comes like you said like comes like a healing comes like a healing energy, you know. For me, when I when I was younger, you know, in my twenties, I was always a fairly heavy person. Up to a couple of years ago, I had barrier sleeve surgery, so I lost a ton of weight. Um, but I was always a very very heavy set, and I always made a joke. Well, the people I'm attracted to are attracted to me, because I was always attracted to like you know the cute Twinkie boys. And I'm like, here I am, this big fat guy that nobody likes. And at least that's how I felt. So I didn't really love myself. So they couldn't love me. And I couldn't really love them. Um, and it took me years 
and, and it took me a marriage basically to realize that that's bullshit. And now, like I'm in my forties, and I have hot twenty-year-olds, twenty-something-year-olds, hitting on me and talking to me and wanting to be with me, and I'm like, that blows my fucking mind. And I'm like, that is, I mean, that, and not only does that feel good, but it also helps with that self-love. It helps also that mm-hmm. that healing because it's like, yeah, I I understand. I, I am attractive. I am a good person. I am desired. You know, yes, my husband's designed me for, for my, our entire relationship, and I get that. But you know, just like your parents, they're supposed to love you, type of thing. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to downplay his feelings, but it, it almost becomes second nature that he, he's almost expected to care about mm-hmm. me and to desire me. But now they have these other people do it, 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 it feels so good for me because it's like I can say, like, fuck, I, maybe I am hot, maybe I am, maybe I'm a good person. And that that does that helps me be love myself more. It helps me heal those old wounds that I had, and be more confident and be more comfortable, you know. And with you know, part of that is like bringing the second topic into it is the self care. You know, if you don't if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to leave yourself open for others. You know, like. Like I said, a couple of years ago, I had bariatric sleeve surgery. The reason I did that is because I was 300 pounds and I was pre-diabetic and I was, and I saw myself destined to die young and leave my husband with, with, without me. And that was not what I wanted. And I, cause I wasn't taking care of myself. So I chose to care for myself and you know, made myself a better person. Maybe got the surgery, lost the weight, maintained it, worked towards this, did what I needed with the therapy, did all this stuff. And you know that, and I needed to do that in order to feel the love, to feel the self-love. And had I not done that, I don't know if I would have gotten to where I am today because of because of the way the negative the negativity I felt about myself. Mm, that's real. Yeah, I agree with. Um, I definitely agree with being able to love yourself learning how to love yourself even understanding that you might not love yourself every day i feel like that's normal um especially in the society and the world that we live in it makes it real hard to love yourself every day but but, especially if you're not like the ideal model body and perfect skin right right or whatever or whatever it is that's holding you back on that specific day that you don't truly love yourself right so I yeah so I I definitely agree with that because if you don't love yourself it makes it harder for you to truly love somebody else or completely give yourself or be unconditional in your love of somebody else because you conditionally love yourself so do you truly know how to unconditionally love somebody else right um, but and and understanding that you might not just the same way you might not like love yourself everybody or well I shouldn't say love even like yourself every day you're not always going to like your partner all the time but that's okay because you accept them for who they are just the same way you accept yourself for you and that and you still love yourself and the other person unconditionally right so i think self-love is huge and being on your healing journey um which i think is good is something that's constant like i don't think there's ever a state of just like oh i'm healed and no life life's all the time and there's always going to be something in there to try to knock you off of your damn access a little bit so you have to continuously do the work to maintain that or at least go above that if you can so 
for sure, I do think that self love is is huge when it comes to that journey. Same thing with self care. If you don't feel, if you don't take the time to take care of yourself with whichever way that looks like for you, just like you said, bariatric surgery, just so that you felt like I'm not going to die <laughs> in two years, or you know what, I work way too hard and I'm constantly being stressed out and. I need a way to release all of that stress and anxiety or whatever that's built up in my body because I feel like I literally feel terrible. So getting a massage or working out, boxing, whatever it is to release all those things, like those are things that care, those are things that, that are part of your self-care. It isn't just going to get a massage and going to a spa day and stuff. That all that is great. You should definitely do all of that shit, especially if you love it. But also think about the other things that truly care that that truly speak to care of your internal your internal self your spiritual self you know your emotional side all of these things are part of your self-care you should be doing something that reaches each one of checks off each one of those boxes mentally your education all of that like all of these things are a part of your self-care if you don't feel good then how is it going then it's going to show typically in your sexual self, when you're trying to be sexy, when you're trying to say that this is who I am, or, you know, people, especially people who are like bi-curious or, um, or not fully coming to terms with these different aspects of themselves and understanding it, you're going to constantly, I feel like you're going to constantly hide that or diminish that part of yourself because there's some kind of shame there, or you just don't love that part about you. I think I'd be amazing if I didn't like this. Why? Embrace all of that. That is who you that is who you are. So you have to like all of that plays such a huge role in sexuality in so many other areas of your life. So you have to constantly be working on that on that. You have to really love who you are all the time. So yeah, that that's my that's my yeah. explanation. And what's great is self-care could be no, nothing more than a bubble bath. Yep. <laughs> yes. True. What um, I will add to the conversation uh, as it relates to just understanding self-love and how it does uh, contribute to your healing, it, it helps you recognize the things that you help, uh, hate about yourself, as well as helps you understand the things that you appreciate. And it also provides a framework for you to re, uh, reframe those things that you hate to the things that you love. Because I even know like being at you know, in the society that we live in where you have to hate yourself because of being overweight or have to hate yourself for being too feminine or even hate yourself for being too old and all these other things. You have to focus on what is it that I love about myself? What is it that I care about that makes me keep going forward? What is it that makes me feel fulfilled? What makes me feel whole? Because we're not given though that advice outside of ourselves like yeah you can go to counseling yeah you can do all these other things but not everybody has access to those things to help you find and discover what those things are for yourself so many people have to discover it for themselves like i love my tits i love my ass i love my pussy i love my dick i love my asshole i love my uh, cheats i love my feet i love all these things sometimes self-love 
and healing looks like you looking at a mirror and looking at every single thing that every uh, single person that you engage with throughout your life that, uh, that told you that these are things that you have to hate about yourself and telling yourself rather than hate it i want to love it mm -hmm. i want to feel fulfilled in every single aspect of who I am whenever I walk outside walk outside and what are those individual things like I even remember listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about feet and how certain individuals were not comfortable with sharing their feet with other people there's a moment where you have to recognize this is something that I hate about myself how can I shift the conversation or shift the view that this thing that I once saw as ugly, I see as a part of me and I appreciate that as being a part of me and every single inch of my body is something that is beautiful. That every single inch of what I used to hate is something that I probably should love. And even in that aspect of loving these things that you see as flaws, you can even recognize this is something that I want to change for myself rather than something that I want to change for others. Because I, I feel discomfort when I hear of stories of people who get plastic surgery because they want to fit a certain norm or they want to fit a certain image because other people will find them beautiful rather than they found themselves beautiful by making that change. And it hurts me because I'm like, you were beautiful before. I get that you didn't see it. But after you made that change, do you see the beauty that's there now? Or do you just see what else can I change in my body to be a little bit more acceptable? And that's the thing that makes a huge difference in where self-love comes in versus um, just doing things or um, doing things for other people's appreciation attention and, adoration false sense of like <laughs> yeah exactly. i think of little kim so when you were talking about that like little kim i think many if not all of us are like she was so beautiful so naturally beautiful so gorgeous and we you know we loved her and of course when you in the industry there's nothing like having a little nip tuck is nothing new yeah. you know people do it but the, like she went so far I remember when we didn't see her at least I didn't see her um, in media for a long time and then all of a sudden she popped back up and I was like who the fuck is that like that's not that's not Kim Jones <laughs> I don't no, know this no, it's not, that's, not, that's not Kim Jones like why did she have to do all of that but I remember you know when she first came on the scene and how she you know, different interviews and stuff like that, like how she would talk about herself and how she was just like, oh, I'm ugly, I'm this and that. And everybody's just like, Kim, you are fucking fine. Are you serious? Like you have, you have any idea? You have any idea? Like the men who are lined up to just get a taste of you is not just because of who you are and because you're famous, it's because you're fine for real. So yeah, so things like that, it's, it. I'm with you. It, it makes me, it makes me sad, you know, because again, like I can understand enhancing something so that you feel even better about yourself. I mean, because there's always something that we couldn't help with. You know, we were born with that shit. But to say that you're going to, that you're doing this because you're trying to fit whatever norm, whatever stereotype, whatever false sense of belonging or attractiveness, that's the part where I have a problem because I'm just like, so when you're 82 
and you got the silicone and you the rest of you the rest of you is sagging gravity is taking hold and you got titties that are still up to the sky how are you going to explain that what are we doing are you taking them out because if you are that's a different story but you know those are all things that that i thought about i'm like you're not you're doing this now for you know you're doing it now for now what is the long-term effect of that and how beautiful how much more after this do you feel like is going to be like well i did this and i think i want to do this too and i'm not shaming anyone who who does plastic surgery because there it's there for it's there for the cosmetic but it's also there for so many other reasons but i'm i, I think it's just important to understand like understanding the reason why you're doing it are you truly going to be loving you after you are done doing it or are you really doing it for somebody else yeah, i so. have a friend um that got a boob job many many years ago uh she didn't have terrible boobs she admitted she liked her boobs she just wanted bigger tits and she didn't do it for anybody she didn't do it for any look she just she wanted to do it for her and mm -hmm. after that she got the her she got her tits done and she loved them and you know we always joke about them you know because she was like she's like i i fully admit that they're fake you know so mm -hmm. you know when when people ask you know so we had this running joke like is are they real yeah they're real 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 fine <laughs> but um anyways so but yeah she did it for herself and mm -hmm. like kind of going back to what you're saying about like little kim and like just kind of embracing other people what you're saying Brian, about uh, embrace what other people say about you you know i there's something that i've always practiced and there's something that i talk to talk about practicing is i go with the the fake it till you make it method like uh, tell your pretend like i i can sit in the mirror and i can look at myself and i can rattle off every little thing i hate about myself what's harder it's to rattle off all those things about that I like about myself and then talk about those things that I would like to change or potentially not hate and pretend that I love them and fake it until, because like we talked about earlier, the brain is a powerful muscle. Fake it until you brain, you convince yourself that this actually isn't a big deal because it's usually not, you know, mm -hmm. I could you lose, use to I'll lose like 10 more pounds, but you know what? I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to talk about the, you know, the dad bod. I'm going to talk about how, you know, I'm still, I'm still pretty fucking hot, you know? And, and even if I don't believe that I'm going to, I'm going to tell myself that until I finally do. And most mm -hmm. people, I think that's what people should, should pr try practicing more of. Yes. Take those comments for what they take all those uh, compliments that you get from people for what they are. And that's the thing. Like we're, we're our harshest critic, you know, when mm -hmm. someone, someone's just like, Oh my God, you look amazing. Oh my God your skin this or your your tits this your ass this da, 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 da. and you know and sometimes you're just like you're just trying to hit but understand that there's a reason like they they already have an idea and we talked about this in the news episode but you know they already have an idea of what you look like this is part of what attracted them to you you know other than your personality and whatever else they already have an idea of what you look like under all of that clothes that you got on let them continue to compliment you. There's somebody. There's there's just like there's always someone out there for everyone. Guess what? You got some people knocking on your door as well. Take those compliments for what they are. So even if you don't see it, somebody else is gonna see it. You know, even when I'm just like, oh, I don't know. You're talking shit about this one girl who's fat. What about me? And they're like, no, no, no. You carry it different. You look this. You look that. And I was like, well, shit. I guess I am fine, right? Okay. And and you just have to take that. And those compliments, take those compliments and make that part of your affirmations. Like, I might not like see myself as 
gorgeous today, but that one person said this and fake it till you make it. Mm. Keep on saying that. Keep on saying it until you believe it too. You know, carry yourself to a higher standard, even if you do have to dress a certain way or smell, you know, spray that perfume or cologne that makes you feel beautiful, sexy, what handsome, whatever. And do that so you can feel better about yourself. Because let's, let's be real. Everybody on this panel, everybody listening live, everyone who's going to listen to this recording later, I, if any one of you can honestly tell me you can take a compliment and you're comfortable having someone, someone genuinely compliment you, is does not make you uncomfortable let me know how because i have not figured that i'm in my 40s i still i still squirm when someone gives me a genuine compliment and i don't know anybody who doesn't mm -hmm. even if it's not physical like it, mentally you're just like yeah okay <laughs> the thing I about your body if, if it's like wow you're really smart you're really you really did a great job you know it's hard like i always say it, like i don't like taking compliments i don't they feel weird they feel uncomfortable <laughs> and that's because yeah. we we hate on ourselves so much yeah you know, so learn. That's, you know, it's easy. It's easy to say learn to take a compliment, but it's like it's back. Yeah, fake it till you make it. Pretend until you actually believe it. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, so we're uh, slowly approaching nine. So we were um, quickly approaching nine, and we still had like twenty nine minutes until, and now right. we're slowly approaching. And we have seven. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I will do, uh, rather than doing any last words, I would like uh, a couple of tips, a uh, few tips or whatever, however many number of tips that you have uh, for the audience out there who's listening, who will be listening once it's released. By the way, I decided I'm just going to release this after November, but the video will be uh, available a lot sooner. And I will be taking the video down like when November hits and bringing it to the mm -hmm. Patreon because mine as well. Um, but the audio will be releasing after November. But I will say um, for any individuals out there, what tips do you have for them to be kind to themselves? Hmm. That is a million dollar question, isn't it? Right. I, I think for me, the biggest thing I can, I can say is it's okay. No matter what you feel, no matter what you think, no matter what or who you like, it's okay. And if you, you, just, you just need to be able to accept that it's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. There never was anything wrong with you. There never will be anything wrong with you. Just because you have a different opinion from somebody else doesn't make you wrong. It just makes you unique. And that's okay. I like that. How about you? I like that um, I would say, I mean, that, like you were saying at the end, like, be kind to yourself. But make sure that when you're being kind to yourself, like, I mean, we are, we're definitely our own harshest critics, like, for sure. We, we disappoint ourselves or we fall short or feel like we fall short and we beat ourselves up, but be kind to yourself. Don't forget to celebrate even the smallest accomplishments. And that's, that's something that I personally have to learn for myself because I'm, 
a bit of a perfectionist and um and I know that I'm I'm someone who will not celebrate my wins, you know, because I just see them as a small just a small stepping stone to get to that larger goal. What am I celebrating for? We haven't gotten there yet, but understanding like you need to be kind to yourself. You need to celebrate that one thing, whether it was something that was hard to accomplish or not, you gotta you gotta take give yourself some grace, give yourself some kindness, you know, know when to take a damn break and listen to yourself, listen to your body and go take a fucking nap and not do things or just go to bed. Um because that's stuff that's truly important. You're not gonna be able to to be your best self for yourself, much less anybody or anything else if you don't listen to yourself, if you don't take the time to really take care of who you of your of yourself mentally physically emotionally spiritually sexually all of that you all of those aspects of self you really have to take the time to nurture them not always at the same time the same day but you have to take some time because the you are constantly evolving you are constantly growing and your life is constantly lifing and doing crazy shit to knock you out of there you have to be you have to take those moments to really take care of yourself and and really celebrate you and you know and understand what loving on yourself truly looks like like i used to think that shit was a sham like oh you gotta lay on yourself and love yourself before you could do da, da, da. and i'm just like i know me bitch like i'm i mean what do, what do we have to do but truly understanding what that shit looks like finding yourself or realizing like who you truly are i'm like oh man i really i really am not as mean as i keep on saying that i am i'm not really a thug who don't cry well i was but you know like understanding understanding these different aspects about yourself and being okay with it like really like honestly being okay with yourself every aspect of yourself whether you feel is bad or not that's still who you are and you have the freedom to change who you are you have the freedom to to do something different or be something different you don't need to be the product of your environment. You don't need to be the product of your parents and, and your upbringing and shit like that. You don't, you, you are you. You don't have to carry none of that shit. Just be who you are, but please love every aspect of who you are. But also don't use who I am as an excuse to be a dipshit. Okay, just don't do that, please. <laughs> so, but, but, but love yourself though, through and through. Yes. Well, um, to like finalize everything, I will say my advice in terms of like um, loving yourself and being kind to yourself, it all is rooted in just finding the ways that you feel love and honoring those ways and appreciating those. Give yourself the grace that you deserve. Understand that sometimes what I've done so far is enough and that is okay. Understanding that I am a work in progress, that I will fail at times and each failure that I experience is just a stepping, stepping stone to my next success and just appreciating the journey that you're on. If you see a need to change something, feel free to do it. Um, again, like I said, there may be some failures in that um, pro progress to make that adjustment, but there may be some tremendous success in that as well. Be open to the failures, being open to the successes, being open to the new opportunities, being open to just a new way of loving yourself in a way that you haven't experienced so, uh, so far. 
and that in in essence is the best well not the best way but just one of the many ways of you to be kind to yourself now with that being said i do want to thank you wes as well as you nicole for coming on to the podcast and blessing us all with your wonderful insight as we did the did this wonderful live event that actually last lasted the entire three hours. I was not expecting that. Look at the that. Tangents. The tangents helped us get through. Exactly. It's us too. Right. <laughs> I agree. Me and you, Wes, we're your best hosts ever. No disrespect or no shade to anybody else. I'm just saying. Not, not to sidetrack, but I, I was just saying that I was talking to someone about doing this. I was like, and, and then and this, this lady Nicole's going to be there. She's my best friend. Haven't talked to her since the last interview, but she's still one of my best friends now. <laughs> that's so I funny because I because after I think what our first the after our first taping I was like what's Wes's information by the way he never actually gave it to me what's Wes's information so I can call it so I can talk no you didn't I had to like find his email address after you sent the next invite even though I didn't do anything but I'm like I would love to keep in touch with with Wes here this is my new friend also yeah. so well but I love that you told people about me too because I did too. Course. You're amazing. Look at this. Look at this. This is what you're both amazing. Let's be real. This is what the whole little wee podcast is all about: bringing people together. Look at God. Okay, let me end this. Somebody, I'm gonna make the meme. I'm gonna make the meme and I'm gonna send it to y'all. But it needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, so let me go ahead and end the show. Thank you, Nicole, as in West, for coming on to the podcast. You both know I appreciate y'all so fucking much. <laughs> uh, for the listening audience, make sure y'all uh, look into November, even though this episode is coming out after November. So that means go back and listen to all of things that was released in November and then right. go back all the way up until like the first episode so you can catch the fuck up so you can hear all the great things all the great conversations because here we are um but again i appreciate both of you all for coming on to this uh live with me and doing this i appreciate it so much um to the audience out there uh as i end with my favorite little phrase just in case no one else told you this today you are beautiful you are worthy of happiness and joy you are enough and then some you may not live up to the expectations of others but that is okay you are only required to walk in your own shoes may each day you live lead you towards abundance with that said i love you all and i will see you all next episode bye Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.